Hello, everybody. Welcome to the SideQuest Podcast. My name is Luke. And I'm BJ. 50 episodes, dude. Episode 50, motherfucker. Yeah, we've, we've done 50 numbered. We've obviously done the Godzilla one and the Kingdom Hearts stuff, but right. those don't count. We've done 50 numbered episodes that you can see on Spotify, Apple Music, whatever. So yeah, we've stuck with this thing. We did, and that's we, rare. I was going to say, yeah, honestly, with even with like diminishing returns, but it's like, hey, you know what? This is still fun. Exactly. I like doing this every week. But yeah, we've done 50, and we, we figured for, for a good, uh, you know, good topic of discussion is to redo our first episode where we talked about our, our top whatever games of all time. I think it was just top five. Yeah, it was top five for that one. So this time... I tried re-listening to it and it made me cringe too bad. I was trying to make sure I didn't have any overlap in my lists, but like it was just too hard to listen to. It, it's one of those things where, uh, by the way, I'll just tell you like I had like 15 and then some I have 17 on my list. Just Okay, cause. I can add... Well, you don't have to. I just was like, oh, okay, cool. <laughs> but, um... We yeah I I've been cultivating this list for a while because I've I've been sitting and thinking about okay what are really my top games of all time mm-hmm. um and and like really sitting down and going okay this one obviously this one obviously things like that and so I, I'm 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 very interested to hear what you have to what you have to say about some of these because <laughs> there's oh, yeah. some where it's like all right all right uh. but first. We uh we got a little bit of news to talk about. I went to Matt's house to watch the Oscars with uh, him, Carmen, and our friends Millie and Will, and uh, it was a fever dream of shit that happened. Uh, well, I the thing the thing that got me right. So the first news bit of things I heard about the Oscar was Zack Snyder's Justice League beating out No Way Home on the fan vote thing. That's like the best audience cheer moment. So the flash and, and I, oh that part, that part, yeah. The the thing that got me was also that they they said it correctly of not just flash ran fast. They went the flash entering the speed force, and I was like, so someone at the Oscars at least did some research. That that was nice, but we were all very confused, including me, who was a bigger DC fan than Marvel. Well, like that's the thing is, I'm gonna be completely honest. Well, th- to be fair, that's the Zack Snyder fan, like cult i think it's getting to the point where it's a cult now yeah but um i mean good on that it technically didn't win an oscar it got a fan vote so they're not sending Zack snyder a, a, a trophy yeah but you know now that people are going to be so obnoxious about oh you mean oscar winning movie Zack snyder's justice league type shit yeah um uh by the way shang chi got nominated for uh visual effects that was really nice honestly that i'll say I think Eternals is shit, but that should have also been up there. Yeah, I Eternals mean... Eternals has some great visual effects. I uh, I think they actually did the Speed Force better than Justice League did. They did Superman pretty well, too, with What's-His-Face. Honestly, yeah. Like, all the all the effects in that movie, despite how I feel about the plot, are really good, and I like the visuals. I just love that watching that movie, one of the actors I went in to see, Kamal Niam Johnny, just disappears somewhere in, like, the mid-movie, and I'm like, where did he go? Yeah. We're, like, why is he not in the movie anymore? Yeah, that was rough. But I'll, I'll watch any movie Salma Hayek is in. Yeah. I'll just be honest with you. But, uh, yeah, Oscars are weird. But the, the main thing, it's funny because I don't know who won anything. Like, honestly. Because every single, like, article is about the slap. Encanto won Best uh, Animated Picture, which I was very happy with. Oh, good. Uh, they had a performance of two of the songs. 
Um, I can't remember the name of the first one, but it's the one with the grandmother and the grandfather uh, when they were young. That was very cute. Do they do, we don't talk about Bruno. Yes. And oh, yeah. You Megan the me. Stallion yeah. got up there and sang, we don't talk about Bruno, and shouted out Zendaya. <laughs> it was very weird. Um, and then uh, Will Smith, Deadshot from Suicide Squad, slapped the shit out of Marty the Zebra, and it was... It was something, all right. When you sent me that, my first response, because I don't even think about the first Suicide Squad anymore, mm-hmm. was Idris Elba. And I went, oh, wait, no. He said Deadshot. Not, and I went, oh, Will Smith. And then I went, who played Marty the Zebra? And then I had to look shit up. <laughs> and I'm like, all right, cool. Yeah, it was it was a hell of a night, I guess. But uh, they, I, I feel really bad for Coda which is um, a movie that I also watched with Matt and Carmen. They were bawling the whole time because CODA is Child of Deaf Adult. Uh, That's what the acronym stands for. And it was a very nice movie. Uh, It's about this girl that's the only hearing person in her family, like trying to sing and get a scholarship through that while also maintaining the responsibility of interpreting for everyone in the family. Mm -hmm. Um, It was a very sweet movie, and I really liked it. That one, Best Picture, Best Supporting Actor, um... I know his first name is Troy, but I can't remember his last name. But he was my favorite part of the movie, honestly. Uh, it was very good, and I feel like it didn't get the recognition that it deserved because of Will Smith. I mean, Will Smith's own movie, King Rick- Richard, didn't get the recognition it deserved. Yeah. So, yeah, that that's the one downside of this whole fucking thing. Like, memes are hilarious, and, um, like, just fuck. Like, none, like nobody's talking about the actual Oscars. Yeah. No one's talking about the movies that deserve their wins or anything. It is just like, oh, Will Smith slapped him. He should take his Oscar away. No, he's defending his wife. Chris Rock shouldn't have said that. Well, Chris Rock's a comedian. He always says that shit. I fucking hate the discourse behind it because it's, to me, and again, this is, I guess, where humans differ. Like, to me, it's very clear. It's like, okay, sure. Chris Rock shouldn't probably shouldn't have said that shit. Because, and I don't know if he knew that Jada had alopecia. I didn't. Um, yeah. And then, say whatever you want, Will Smith shouldn't have got out of his fucking seat in front of millions of people. Yeah. And smacked the shit out of him on live TV. And there's still people saying it might be fake. And sure, that's also an opinion to have. I, I think you probably could be right. But I, I feel there's too much there to, like, fake. Yeah, like, there, there's that whole, like, split-second difference where Will is laughing, and then he sees that his wife is super pissed off. Well, it to me, it didn't even feel like he was, like, full, like, aha, that's a funny joke. It was just, like, the, uh-huh, uh, mm. You know what I mean? Like, that uncomfortable, like, really? And then... I don't know. This man's. Probably... I mean, even then, to go from that point to I'm gonna smack the shit at you. Yeah, yeah it, that's too big of a jump for there not to have been some kind of interference there. I think. But like, like I like I told BJ earlier, Will, did you smack any of your wife's entanglements like that? Yeah. Like I'm gonna I, whatever that their their like whole relationship is in shambles in my opinion. I don't know why they're still together. Maybe they figured it out. I, I think it's a publicity thing, honestly. It's and even then, maybe they did figure it out. But I don't really give a fuck. I think it's just, the whole thing's stupid. Yes, you probably shouldn't have made fun of her alopecia. You, like, but that's the thing is it, when you tell a comedian to be a comedian, they're gonna be a comedian. I, I'm one of the few people who just doesn't think any joke is off limits. I think you can, because you can make anything funny. 
Because that's the whole point of comedy is to take super sad, depressing shit and like make you laugh about it for at least like 30 to 40 minutes. Yeah, that's to me, that's what comedy has always been. Um, I think it's very ironic that he brought up that his mom was at home watching on TV with her knitting circle. And uh, he probably embarrassed the shit out of his mom. But that, now that, that knitting circle is about to kick his mom the fuck out. Yeah, uh, he got in one little fight and his mom probably got scared. And now he's got to go back to his house in Bel Air. Nice. And everybody hates Chris. I did you saw what I said? Yeah. <laughs> oh, that shit's good, dude. I like the memes have been great. I've I've seen Absolutely. some fucking stellar. My favorite one was somebody photoshopped a Batman uh, cowl on Will Smith, and mm. it's like the the comic page of Batman <laughs> smacking the shit out of Robin. Yeah, that's been my favorite. I've seen I've seen so many like bleach ones, like anime ones, like just... I've seen drawings of um, Will characters. Will's character from Shark Tale approaching Marty the Zebra like the JoJo panel. Someone redubbed it with JoJo dialogue as the slap hit. Yeah. It was great. I've seen the Yakuza ones where as he slaps, like the beat to the, the fight song goes and it goes, Will Smith, like the <laughs> patron of the Smith family. I've seen Elden Ring edits. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love the Elden Ring because it just, you get like the boss music and you see the fucking life bar <laughs> go up. Yeah. Uh, like, the whole thing is, is shit, realistically. Because, like, yeah, so many movies didn't get the recognition they realistically deserved. Um, I mean, case of point, I didn't know about Coda. Yeah. And I definitely didn't know about it through the Oscars. And now you probably won't hear about it through yeah. the Oscars. And it, it's, it sucks. The whole This whole situation is shit. I mean, I, I'm worried about comedians now. Because, like, I think the thing is Will Smith smacked him without any repercussion. How many people are going to yeah, say, oh, I can do that at a comedy show if I don't like the joke? It's like uh, the South Park post-COVID special where Jimmy is like a late night host and all the jokes he tells just aren't jokes. Yeah. That's what we're moving towards. Well, and it sucks because it's like, dude, like I get it. Like, here's the thing. A, I, I guarantee you a joke that you have laughed at has been offensive to somebody. Definitely. And that's the thing is like, there are like, not every joke is for everybody. And like, that's the thing is it's, that's just the way the world works. Like they're not, no, like I don't actually see comedians who are legitimately going up to be like, I'm going to belittle people because it's fun. Yeah. It's they're going up to be like, I'm going to make some people laugh for an hour. And if, I, I think it's a very important thing to be able to laugh at yourself Oh, absolutely. That's a that's an important step in being okay with who you are and everything about yourself. Like, I'm a fat motherfucker, but I am always making jokes about, oh, I haven't seen my dick in four years, things like that. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I, maybe I don't have a place to speak about it because I don't have, you know, someone making fun of my disabilities. But I, you know... That's just my two cents. I mean, and there's there's the other other side of like, well, obviously, like we're not, you know, black women. Alopecia affects them a lot differently than it affects most women or even most other people. Mm -hmm. Where it's like, yeah, this is a more widespread thing for them. So like, obviously, that could have been like a huge issue for. I mean, case in point, she was not happy with the joke. Yeah. And so like, yeah, like that's completely valid. Like, if it really hurt her, it really hurt her. But like, I again. Don't smack someone on live television in front of millions of people. I uh, I was watching the H3 podcast about it, and Ethan was just absolutely pissed. 
um, more so than I think is justified. Yeah, well, usually. But someone called in and they offered the insight, well, Chris Rock actually made a documentary about black women's hair. So there, I don't think there's any way he could have known or did know about the thing because he's been an activist in that space before. Mm. So I, I don't know. I think it could have been settled absolutely in Will's speech. Well, and also the biggest thing for me is I'm like, okay, so I don't. And again, if if that's the case, if Chris Rock has advocated for this, then you know that the idea wasn't him going, ha ha, alopecia. It was him going, hey, like, and also he he said GI Jane, right? Uh-huh. Have you seen that movie? I haven't, bro. The main actress with the shaved head still fucking attractive. I mean that, Jay, like, Jay, and like Jada Smith is still very attractive, like bald head or not. Like, that's, absolutely. That's my thing. Is I'm like, I feel like everybody in that situation just could have handled this better. Yes, you probably shouldn't have made fun of her alopecia, whether he knew about it or not. Yes, Will Smith should not have gone up and smacked the shit out of him on live TV. And sure, you could argue that Jada Pinkett should have just like took the joke and moved on. But like again, we don't know how it affects her. We don't know how like that's an insecurity for her. the whole situation's fucked. At, yeah. at the end of the day, comedians are going to be comedians whether you like the joke or not. But it what what you do with that is up to you. And I think Will Smith handled it poorly because I here's my thing. Maybe he didn't do that, but could you imagine him winning an Oscar and then saying something like doing a little uh, like callback to that? That would have been a huge dunk. Mm-hmm. Like that would have gained him so much respect. Um, I. Everything I hear about Will Smith these days kind of makes me lose a little bit more. It's weird because like everybody that I hear who works with him is like, "Oh, swell dude, honestly one of the most chill, like nicest people ever." And yeah. then you hear other shit. Like, did you have you read his autobiography? No, absolutely. There was a not. point. There's and there's a point where in that book he mentions that he was like fully ready to kill his dad. Which, granted, his dad was a piece of shit to him apparently. Yeah. But there was a moment where he was like, because his dad's in a wheelchair, and he literally was like, I could have just pushed my dad down the flight of stairs and made it seem like an accident. And he was like, I was like, ready to do it. Because all the memories of my childhood flash back, and I'm like, I could get back at him right now. And he's like, but I didn't. And I, in my head, I'm like, Will Smith is not perfect. Right? Like, I, I to, to me, it's like the slap didn't indicate who he was as a person. I feel like it indicated, because, like, again, everybody has talked about kind of who he is, how nice of a guy he is, like, the general vibe of him. Yeah. And he seems like a nice guy to where it's like, again, everybody does things in duress. The problem of, like, decision-making is a lot of times you have, like, a second to make a decision. That's true, and sometimes you make the wrong decision. Yeah, and so, like, again, I, I, I think... Well, Chris Rock's not pressing charges. Will Smith issued an apology yesterday. I think, realistically, this is going to blow over realistically for both of them. I mean, Chris Rock's uh, new comedy tour got a lot more ticket sales. Although, I'm, re- I'm ready to see some of those specials, because that motherfucker Yeah, that, that first one's going to be... Oh, boy. <laughs> really fire, um, I think. But, like, Will Smith's still going to get acting. He's Will fucking Smith. Uh, yeah, a- absolutely. Like... <laughs> I'm just ready for next year where they're both going to present an award together and the whole speech is going to be about unity and togetherness. Yeah. Did That's, you see the, the Oscars tweet that was like, we don't condone, we don't violence. condone violence unless it's, but <laughs> <laughs> that's that. You got that same JK Rowling trans energy. Exactly. I love, I love all the trans people in the world, but <laughs> you can't say, well, no, it's literally the thing of going, well, no offense, but and it's like, okay, yeah. motherfucker. I'm about to be offended. Yeah. 
<laughs> that no offense but you kind of look like a fucking whale sitting there in that shirt oh gee thanks buddy <laughs> but anyway to wrap this up yes um if you are a woman with a shaved head by choice or not hit us up and we will absolutely support you yeah and like even and even then it's like just like to everybody there it's like i feel like there, there needs to be like granted yes there's going to be offensive jokes and if you don't like that that's fine but also just like comedy is comedy and i would i would say a good like nine times out of ten the comic is not actively trying to like push someone down yeah it is them just trying to make light of situations to just make you laugh for a little bit and yeah it's honestly if you can learn to laugh at yourself life gets 10 times easier mm-hmm. so yeah that's that's our our, our two cents on that situation I'm I still guess. waiting for louis ck's first comeback show because all those jokes are going to be bangers I mean, I don't know if I'm going to watch it just based on the fact that his his whole thing was, oh, he did it. And I'm like, eh. Yeah. Like, it's one thing if it was found out to be fake and, like, he went to court, did a whole thing, and it was like, no, this is all fake. But his was like, no, nah, he did it. I, my whole thing with I'll, that I'll is, watch like... The, I'll watch the YouTube videos afterward. I won't watch the special. Yeah. Like, it's definitely weird of him to do, but he was asking for consent and all that. I mean, it's it's definitely weird, and it deserves to be made fun of, oh, absolutely. absolutely. But I don't think it's as bad as people make it out to be. But, uh, yeah, moving past Will Smith and other comedians, um, Breath of the Wild 2 ain't coming out this year. <laughs> this is already a pretty stacked year, but, yeah, I'm, I'm a little disappointed. But at the same time, like, we still we still haven't seen what God of, what God of War Ragnarok when it's coming out. That's still coming out this year, too. We just had Horizon. Elden Ring is still on everybody's fucking minds. Yeah. Um, Tiny Tina's Wonderlands just came out. It's really good, honestly. So I, I feel like there's going to be a lot in that discussion of what's the best game of the year, what's the best action game, what's the best this, that I, I honestly feel like if Zelda came out and wasn't like just top-tier shit, like name alone, it still would have been good. But like yeah. I feel some people, it would have been lost at the wayside considering it's only on one system you know whatever so like if i feel like i'm kind of glad they're pushing it a bit so it's like because i would have felt a lot better about it if they had dropped it alongside any crumb of information about metroid prime 4 but they still refuse to do that well my thing with metroid prime 4 and theirs is definitely like well we had to fucking start over from scratch because but they started over years ago now now but like that's the thing is like i wonder when is it like how long does Nintendo on average take on a game is what I'm wondering. Cause like, obviously some of their games are just like fucking copy paste. We're done. Like any sports game feels like just kind of thrown together. Yeah. I'm pretty sure they use most of the same models for all those. But like you look at a, you look at a game, like obviously breath of the wild was fucking brand new. Holy shit. And it took years and years and years. Yeah. A whole Met- console life cycle. Metroid prime four was obviously announced for switch, but it's like, how long have they been working on it then? And how long, and like how much did they have when they were like, no, start over? So I don't know. It, Nintendo's a weird one because, like, the thing is, you know that if at least it comes out, it's going to have somewhat of a quality to it. Like, even their shittiest sports games still at least are like, well, it's still fun. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, even though they finish them two years after release, they are fun when they come out. But, uh, it, uh, it just leaves a bad taste in my mouth. Like, Especially looking at the Ocarina of Time Majora's Mask situation, where it was just like, okay, well, 
it's very clearly an asset flip, which everyone was expecting Breath of the Wild 2 to be. I wonder how much content 2 is going to have if it's taking this long. Better be a fucking lot. Well, I mean, because they, they have the open world of Hyrule and now the sky. I wonder if the underground is also open world too. I don't know. I think they would probably want to keep the underground like linear mm. because that was everyone's biggest gripe with the first one was there weren't enough linear dungeons and having one massive like uh, temple, temple of the hourglass or whatever it was called type of thing. Mm. I think that would be the best choice for this game. Um, you think Zelda's going to be playable? I hope so. My my favorite theory about it so far has been Zelda is below and Link is above. Mm. Um, I I just hope that it's like a good switching mechanic. Like uh, Dream Drop Distance, I think, has the best, you know, play two characters at once type of thing because you can just switch freely at any time. Um, but yeah, I hope it's like that. I hope so, but I'm I'm kind of in that weird spot where I don't think Zelda's ever gonna be like main playable. I mean, it sucks, but like the only time she's like legit been playable has been that shitty Wand of Gamelon game. That um, that's why I think and, it would be uh, great to make her the main character in this game. Well, and that and that's the thing too is that like just already trailers alone we've only seen Link or what we assume to be Link, but it it's Link. Um, yeah, it's the same situation as the first one where they're like, we're not saying it's Link, but it absolutely is. Yeah, and it's, it's like, <coughs> I mean, I'm hyped for it either way. Breath of the Wild was a great game. Yeah, definitely. I, uh, but like, I, my, my friend th- Connell talks about it every time I see him. It's my friend Jace, who's hopefully going to be my roommate soon, loves that game. Like, he, he got a Switch, played Breath of the Wild, had like, th- like literally thousands of hours in that game. He played the shit out of it. <laughs> Yeah. So I I think just in general like all, I'm always going to take, you know, take your time with a game. Yeah, it's going to suck that like ah oh, well shit, I don't get to play the game soon enough. But like realistically take your time. But we're at a point where so far Nintendo has has had delays that haven't fucked a game over like s- super hard, but like you best believe I'm going to be watching that new Witcher game with a Hawkeye. Definitely. To be like all right, so you're delaying it. Is it actually for the game, or is it because you guys are fucking off track? Is this some cyberpunk shit yeah, again? Yeah, <laughs> like, that next Witcher game better be pristine, or they're fucked. Yeah, definitely. They're going to lose a lot of money if yeah. it's not great. But, yeah. I mean, yeah, it sucks that it got delayed, but, hey, hopefully it means that Breath of the Wild 2 will be fucking stellar when it comes out. Definitely. But uh, on on that note, there's one more bit of news that I we need to do before we go into the um, discussion of the topic. Uh, PlayStation has announced their... I, I can't call it a Game Pass competitor because PlayStation doesn't. They're not the ones saying, hey... Here, like here's our here's our streaming service. Well, it's that, just like here you go. That also could be because PlayStation pretends that no other gaming company exists. All right, um, I have the PlayStation blog that I'm going to read and go through because I think it's important. Because there are some key factors to take away that I think are interesting. Major keys. Major keys. So this is from Jim Ryan, the president and CEO. Currently, this is his his words. Uh, yeah, I'm not reading that shit. All this like. Since we launched PlayStation. When we started PlayStation. Yeah. <laughs> since we launched PlayStation. Yeah. Fuck off. We know. Yeah. Since launching PlayStation Plus in 2010, whatever. Blah, blah, blah. 
Um, since we wa- since we launched PlayStation Plus and it was free in 2010, they're not going to mention that. Today, we are pleased to share with you official news about changes coming to our subscription services. This June, so pretty soon, uh, we're bringing together PlayStation Plus and PlayStation Now together. So good. Because PlayStation Now is shit. Um, yeah, it's about fucking time. Uh, so it's going to provide choices to the thing. I'm, I like lost my place. Sorry. Our focus is on providing high quality curated content with a diverse portfolio of games. Below is an overview of the three membership tiers. Three tiers. Tiers. Now, here we go. PlayStation Plus Essential. It's the same shit you have right now. Yep. So provides, is price changing on that? Uh, $9.99 a month. Okay. So I don't know if that's different. I think it's the same. I think it is the same. Yeah, So, but it's the two monthly games you get, exclusive discounts, cloud storage, online multiplayer. Uh, the next one we have is PlayStation Plus Extra. The benefits are everything from the previous tier, and adds a catalog of up to 400 of the most enjoyable PS4 and PS5 games, including blockbuster hits from our PlayStation Studios catalog and third-party partners. Including The Last of Us. The Last of Us Remastered. The, the Last, Last of, of Us Remastered Remake. remake. <laughs> the Last of Us 2. The Last Soon to be announced Last, Last of Us 2 Remastered. Remastered. Yeah. And God of War. <laughs> Um, games in, in the extra tier are downloadable for play, so you can download them onto your system if you have the, the tier. I, I want them to go back into their catalog, because right now the only God of Wars that I can play on my PlayStation are 3 and the new one. Well, I'm glad you said that, because there's a third tier, which this tier is $14.99 for all this stuff, but the third tier is... Play- $14.99 a month is not bad. No, but here's the next one, PlayStation Plus Premium. So all the stuff we just mentioned... And adds up to 340 additional games, including PS3 games via cloud streaming. Mm-hmm. So you can't download those. Fuck that. Uh, a catalog of beloved classic games available in both streaming and downloading from PS1, PS2, and PSP. So everything except for Hold PS3 on. is downloadable? Yes. Offers cloud streaming access for original. So you can cloud stream the PSP, PS2, and whatever games. Um... Where PlayStation Now is currently available. So, right now, fuck Australia. Um, Also, time-limited game trials will also be offered in this tier. So, if you like game demos, pay us $17.99 a month. That's stupid. For uh, that, and which granted, PS1 and PSP games. My thing is... The one PSP game I want on there is not going to be there. Crisis the t- Core. The two that I care about are never going to touch that service. And it's Birth by Sleep and Crisis Core. And it's because of the fucking music licensing. They didn't do it for the Vita. They didn't do it for the PS3. They're not going to do it for this. Absolutely not. So, Birth uh, by Sleep. And besides, Birth by Sleep is on the fucking PS5 right now. Yeah. So, like, that's, that's definitely true. not coming out. And Crisis Core because Gacked. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, like, in all in all honesty, this is still a pretty decent service. I think the idea of them giving out, you know, their whole backwards compatibility, like, way, in a way that makes sense for them. <coughs> it's just very weird considering that in, like, most instances, like, PS2, you can just throw a PS1 disc in. Yeah. Like, fucking Xbox just works backwards compatibility. Like, you can just play them. If you have the disc, throw the... Like, you can't buy Arkham Origins on the, on the store. Mm-hmm. But if you have the disc, it works. Yep. And that's the thing is I'm like, oh, it's but it's free. Like, 
If Switch was backwards compatible for anything, I guarantee you it would have also just been yeah, throw a thing in there. Yeah. Like most companies just do this. Like I don't I don't understand the idea of putting backwards compatibility behind a paid tier. And if now that's my thing. Can I like if if it's later found out that I can just buy these games separately? Yeah, absolutely. I'll go through and do that. Yeah. So that's that's what I want. It's just a corporate greed thing. Like it's it's like I, what I mentioned earlier with the uh, the paid online services. Like they don't need to do that. They they make a shitload of money on it, but they're not putting money into it. Yeah. Well, and one thing I want to touch on, by the way, also, if anyone's interested in this, uh, you could get the yearly price for half off because if you have PS Now, I believe you just get bundled into the. I don't know if it's the highest tier or the mid tier. But so you can buy a $60 PlayStation Now yearly subscription instead of the $120 yearly subscription you would have had to pay. So you can try it for a year for half off if you buy PlayStation Now now. So, but yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, we'll see how well how well it's implemented because that's my biggest thing is if it, I, I need to see the list of games. Yeah. Because if the <clears> games <throat> are the select good games from the PS2 and a bunch of shit, I'm like, okay, I don't care. Same with PSP. Also, with that, do you really think I want to play a PSP game on this big-ass screen? Oh, it's going to look like shit. It's going to look like especially, absolute dog-ass. Especially with something like Corpse Party. Oh, yeah. Like that. It's already very, like, chibi art stylized. But it's it's like it's like the... 20, 240p yeah. screen, and I have, like, this huge-ass screen. Those pixels are going to be fucking huge. Absolutely. Games like Star Wars Battlefront, the PSP versions are going to look like ass. Oh, definitely. I, uh, I mean, granted, cool. I get to play PSP games, but like, it, they're definitely going to look like shit. But the, the biggest thing about that is they're not going to update the control schemes to work with a PS5 controller. So on PSP Battlefront, you're still going to have to turn with the fucking shoulder buttons. Oh, man. Yeah. I'm able to aim correctly. Yeah, that's gonna be fucked. Yeah. Oh well. I mean, again, I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna wait to see exactly what this has because right now it's just a blog post. I need to see like the full rundown. What games aren't gonna be on this on this service? Because I already pay for a lot of services. Yeah. I, granted, I pay for PlayStation Plus Basic, just so I can play games online. I and get those free monthly games, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um. So like, I don't necessarily need to upgrade. My thing is, I'm like, okay, but is the upgrade going to be worth it? Am I going to look at those games that they have offered and go, okay, cool. Uh, Notice, by the way, they didn't say anything about day one releases on the service. So they're not taking that model from from Xbox. Which, to be fair, out of all the companies, I think Xbox is the only one who can eat that fucking price. Yeah. Because of Microsoft. So we'll see. Um, Xbox is playing a long game. PlayStation is putting this out and going, see, look, here's what we have. Whereas Xbox is like, we're going to play this longer. And again, we'll, we'll see how that works out for them. But yeah, we will. But yeah, PlayStation plus is getting revamped. Uh, th- thankfully they're just moving in PlayStation now. Cause I'm going to be real. That service was ass. Nobody uses it right now. Yeah. So it's the best fate for it. But yeah. Um, any, anything else? touch on or uh no i'm i'm just gonna keep pirating my psp games um that's that's about it yeah 
before we get into the main topic, I was just, gonna say, yeah, the, we still gotta do what we've been playing and how our week's been. So. Yeah, so uh, this is probably gonna be a long one, but um, I uh, I cut myself off from Elden Ring because I I'm just too good at it, and I was playing it for too often. I'm just was, too fucking good, dog. I mean, I I knew I was too good when I went directly to one boss, killed it almost immediately, and then went to Mog in the Mogwin Palace and just murked his ass too. And I was like, maybe I should take a break, play something really challenging. So I picked up Kirby in the Forgotten Lands. Uh, I went on release night, and it was a really fun little, like, 11 o'clock release at GameStop. Wore my little Kirby Nirvana shirt. Hell yeah. And uh, got my picture taken. Um, Not as like a, hey, check out what our artistic community is up to. But like, hey, people are excited for Kirby type of thing. Um... So that was fun. Picked it up, took it home, played it for a couple of hours. It's a really beautiful game. Uh, I think it's one of the best-looking things on that OLED screen. Mm. There's so much life and color in every little corner of that game. Um, touching anything will get it to react. Like, Hell yeah. There are flowers that you can walk past, and you touch them, they bloom and give you like a coin or whatever. There's little dandelions just in the grass that you can walk past, and they'll like flutter away. Um, there's fucking ducks that you have to find and take them back to their mothers. It's just so fucking cute, dude. Like, this is a great game, and it's so much better than Star Allies, which felt very lifeless and void of any kind of soul. They put a lot of love into it. The weapon upgrading, well, not weapons, but, like, the power upgrades, those feel really good and rewarding. Um, I finished my first Colosseum fight last night. And uh, that's the point in the game where Meta Knight shows up. Hell yeah. And if you beat him, you get an upgrade for the sword that is just the Meta Knight sword. And then you basically get Meta Knight's brawl moveset, <laughs> which is really dope. Um, but it, it's just so fun. Have, like, you got, have you gotten to the Eldritor aspect of it yet? I haven't yet. Okay. Right now, it's mostly just near Automata. Nice. Um, which I, I want to shout that out for doing post-apocalyptic setting correctly. Because uh, they do a post-apocalyptic theme park, which is my favorite aesthetic of all time. And the only other game that I feel like did it correctly and made me feel the way that it needed to was Nier Automata. Yeah. And that's a weird comparison to make. <laughs> I mean, I, I've always been just calling it Kirby Last of Us. Yeah. So, I mean, it looks like a, just fucking Detroit or Chicago. Yeah. But uh, I'm glad that the game's like good. Because I'm going to pick it up at some point. Because whenever I need that, like just simple, easy, kind of, we just kind of chill kind of game, it's going to be Kirby. Yeah, it's got a co-op we should play sometime. Hell yeah. With Bandana Waddle who got snubbed for Smash. Hey, we got Sora and Sephiroth. Yeah, I... And Hero. <laughs> Square Enix com- winning. That was a complete joke. I fucking do not care about Bandana Waddle Yeah. Like, we got so many good characters. Yeah. But uh, that and then... I've fallen back into Crypt of the Necrodancer. Oh, hell yeah. That um, game is so good. I know. I fucking love it. And every couple of months, I just do this thing where I see it on my home screen, and I'm just like, oh, yeah, let me play that bit. That is one of those games that I, that, my friend Pedro, and Hollow Knight never get deleted off my Switch. Yes. Because those are three that I will go back to just because. And they're all, like, I know Crypt of the Necrodancer is, but it's like 23 megabytes, so oh, even if you deleted so it, there's small, no yeah. point. That that and golf story, yeah, golf, golf story, great. Golf story is amazing too. I think there's a sequel. 
Yeah, they're uh, either it's being made or it already got announced. I think I it got announced, and then there's like two other games coming out that are trying to be Golf Story. <laughs> you can't be Golf Story. Yeah, Golf Story. That's what made that like, Sports f- Story. That's what it is. Okay, good. The fact that Golf Story came out and was like, "Hey, you want to have an RPG about golfing?" and I'm like, "No." And then I played it and I went, "Yeah, yes, yeah, <laughs> so good." But no, yeah, I'm. Crypt is so like it's such an interesting like premise. Yeah, like a roguelike dungeon crawler rhythm game. Like every move you do has to be to the beat of the music. As someone who grew up in like obviously my dad sings and like I've been around music my whole life, it literally is just like oh this is great, mm-hmm. and it and it shows me exactly what songs that I I know I can be on beat to because like there's some levels that are like oh I'm rocking shit. Yeah, there's some where I'm like oh, I missed a couple here, and there's some where I can, man, I am off beat like a motherfucker. And then it, it's it's that rhythm game like classic staple where it's like sometimes you'll just get in that rhythm, and the beat is in your heart, and you're just killing it. Going that so rewarding. Oh, dude, it's and like it's it's again it's the dungeon crawling RPG aspect that also you get. So you're doing the rhythm game, and that's great, but then you're getting loot you're getting you're beating enemies beating bosses you're just like man this is fucking insane and i hate it too because it's like i haven't played cadence of hyrule yet because i keep going back to the first game cadence is a lot easier mm. but it's still worth it i think um i like the the tutorial for that you play as the girl with the shovel oh yeah uh and, cadence yeah cadence <laughs> <laughs> uh but uh once you get to a certain point, it lets you pick Link, Zelda, or Cadence. Nice. And I immediately jumped into to Zelda because I'm just like, oh, playable Zelda. Yeah. <laughs> See, only side games. But um, but that's what I was going to say. I want them to make her playable in Breath of the Wild 2, and I want her to find a weapon called the Wand of Gamelon. Be a good little nod and Nintendo pretty much going, See, now you don't have to touch that ever again. Exactly. But yeah. So... Anything else you've been doing much of, or it's just been Kirby and Cadence. Nice. Um, there was one bit of news that I think we could have touched on the podcast that I forgot about. Uh, Crazy Rich Agents Two is in development. Hell yeah, brother! Let's go. <laughs> I I texted BJ that, and like BJ is very like simple when he texts. It's very mm-hmm. like one word answers, but he's like, oh yeah, cool. Like oh, I'm so hyped. That was the only one of the few times this motherfucker has all caps to me and just been like, yeah, fuck yeah, dude. Holy shit. I believe what I said was let's fucking go. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I figured let let the audience know. Uh, we'll we'll probably do, once that comes out, I know BG's probably going to force me to watch Crazy Rich Agents 1 we and gotta 2. We got to do a, uh, do a, a drunk spoiler cast. <laughs> Crazy Rich Agents cast. Yeah. But yeah, um, on my end... Uh, I've taken a, a break from Elden Ring as well. I finally beat What's Her Face, which I, I texted you. Nice. So I have I've yet to respect yet, but I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of see what I can do first. But um, Elden Ring's great, absolute game of the year for me so far. I'm gonna be completely honest. But uh, I've t- I took a break to play Tiny Tina's Wonderlands. Mm. Holy shit, this game is fun. I saw a, uh, a clip on TikTok today of someone using the fucking. Mustang snap on an enemy. So if you're a fan of FPSs and a fan of D&D, this game is just for you. There is so like, first and foremost, the game starts off with you creating a character. Um, 
everything is 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 too because you're playing a role playing game with um, Wanda Sykes, Andy Samberg, and Tiny Tina. Mm-hmm. Um, that is quite literally what it is. So the whole game, you've got Andy Samberg and Wanda Sykes and Tiny Tina in your ear commenting on like, oh, it's a role playing game, and like, oh, this is happening. And uh, Will Arnett plays the Demon Lord. I fucking and, love Will Arnett. And it's fucking great. Okay, so you, did you play Borderlands 2, right? I played, like, half of it, I think. So Handsome Jack talking to you throughout that game is great. But it's, uh, it's Will, Will Arnett. Arnett. Dude, and, I have to get this game. And he, he's so fun. I love... so Because you're, you're going to stop him. And, and my favorite one so far, he's been like, Hey, look. See, you guys are calling me the bad guy. But those ballistas that are attacking your town had to be built by goblins. I'm creating jobs here. And I'm just like, God, this is so good. That's why I love Will Arnett's like style of comedy. It's like slight depression mixed with awkwardness and also like way too much confidence at the same time. It it was perfect casting. And then I love Andy Samberg. So him him being Valentine of one of the other quote unquote players mm-hmm. who doesn't play. Um, he's so fucking funny because his brand, like he's not playing a character Valentine. He's just being Andy Samberg. Yeah. And so he'll just be talking about shit. I love one of my favorite things was straight up. He goes, Ooh, let's because they're like, you have to get past the drawbridge. And he goes, Oh, I got a foolproof plan. We're going to seduce the bridge. And then a heart shows up (laughs) and you have to hit it. And and Tina just goes, I'm not making a roll for that. You seduce the bridge to go on. <laughs> nice. It's so good. There's so many. It gets so many. Like, as someone who's been like really into D and D recently, all of those jokes are hitting. Me, you, and Matt have all been really itching yeah. to play. Yeah, it, all the jokes are hitting so hard. Um, it, it's actually not annoying, Tina. Like that's the thing. Is one of the things about like that I was worried about was too much Tina is a bad thing. Yeah, it's like. When I think of Tina in Borderlands 2, it's just like XD random. Well, and the thing is, like, in Borderlands 2, it was short, sweet, to the point. You didn't you didn't have too much of her, so she wasn't as annoying. It was just, like, fun little side thing. Mm-hmm. In Borderlands 3, she's an adult doing the same shit. In Tiny Tina's Wonderland, she's still an adult, but it's, for whatever reason, it's like, oh, I'm more cool with it. And already there's this little hint of Tina's lonely. Yeah. Tina's like a sad person, and I'm like, all right, cool. But um, I I'm just like, oh shit, I got a message. Um, it's it's just one of those those things where it's like, all right, I can already see where they're gonna try to do something with Tina's character. Yeah, and. So far, it doesn't make any sense, but Tina's own created character, the Demon Lord, played by Will Arnett, has hijacked the campaign. <laughs> and Tina's like, I, that wasn't supposed to happen. And I'm sitting here going, aren't you the DM? <laughs> so I'm very interested to see how that works, because now it's now it's starting to turn meta. But, but yeah, and if you like Borderlands, it's Borderlands. Like but yeah. this time, there's there's a bit more customization in how you can uh, do your classes. Because it's not just, here's your four. I think there's like five this time. Plus, you get to multi-class and do all this other stuff. And it's really cool. The The guns are very interesting. I found myself going more for uh, rifles instead of the, the fucking um, handguns, really. 
Um, so so far, I'm loving it, and like the different, um, all the submachine guns have like. Sorry, I'm a little congested. If anyone can hear it, um, all the submachine guns that I've been using have like either poison damage or frost damage or whatever to like slow enemies or chip down health. Mm-hmm. And I'll switch immediately to something that's more powerful and just merc. Yeah, um, I'm playing the Stabomancer class, which is pretty much the run and gun, because I and I've I've maxed out the things that says, oh yeah, any if you're moving, you do more damage. So I'm literally running around. I'm about, I'm about to get a shot. I just got a shotgun. Ooh. That that like is is I think it's is like death magic or whatever the fuck and I'm like I'm gonna use that. It's about to fit like doom, uh, dude. <laughs> honestly, but um, I I might multi class into the clawbringer or whatever because you get a little little wavering companion who just kind of flies at people. And I'm like I want that. Yeah, I I want to play this game. Is it on Game Pass? No, but um, it. It's it's just kind of it's just released. It might be. I bet the guy that I game share with bought it, so I'll I'll probably be able to play it. If you do, it's it is co op, and it's cross platform. So oh, that's nice. So yeah, I'm I'm either gonna I'm I'm willing to play this game multiple times to do multiple because I'm already want to I want to play with Joey, I want to play with Matt, and I want to play with you. So that'll give me time to play all of the fucking classes. Hell yeah, and see what I want to do. But dude, it's so fun. Um, but other than that, I haven't really played much else. Um. I've been. I started watching Batman the Animated Series with nice. the intent to go all the way through to Justice League Unlimited, and uh, fuck, it's a good show. Like, I'm having so much fun just watching. Like, just arguably one of the best interpretations of Batman, I think ever. And uh, it's just, man, Mark Hamill is the Joker. Kevin Conroy is Batman. They all nail it. Yeah, they are the definitive uh, voices of those characters for me, and I think a lot of other people. I also love, by the way, that you're every time you, every time I watch that show, I'm like, "What era is this in?" Because it's like a city with police blimps and old timey cars, but then he's got supercomputers that still require regular typing and fax machines. Yeah, but then he's got like. It's weird. It's such a weird... I think the canon answer is 19XX. <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's awesome, dude. Batman the anime series is great. I, I, I'm watching it in the watch order you're supposed to, so I'm going to watch it with, like, Mask of the Phantasm, where it's supposed to drop in, where Sub-Zero yeah. is supposed to drop in, and then wherever Mystery of the Batwoman is in that as well. Um, I'm also going to add in, once I finish Justice League... I'm going to add in Batman and Harley Quinn because it's the same character, the same voice actors, mm-hmm. and Justice League versus the Fatal Five because that's technically in canon to the DCAU. Are you throwing the killing joke in there? I'm throwing the second half of the killing <laughs> joke in there. Yeah, good choice. It's you know what's funny is like I don't even mind the first part. It's just like everybody's so out of character. Yeah, that's the thing. Is like okay, like my the, the actual act of it them, feels like two different movies when well, the switch happens. The actual act of Batgirl and Batman like sleeping together. I don't that in and of itself. I don't like it, but I also understand. It's like you're both crime fighting vigilantes who could die at any day. Sometimes shit's gonna go down. Okay. Yeah. And like, cool, whatever. But like, why'd you give me this whole thing about Batgirl really figuring out her feelings for Bruce and whether or not they're real and we're going to fuck on top of a gargoyle. And, and I'm just like, bro. And my thing is, look, the one thing for me, it's like the Chris rock being slapped shit. It's that decision you make that you regret. 
Yeah. And the thing that would get me is if I was Batman, I would not be able to look Jim Gordon in the fucking face ever again. I mean, he did regret it. He, like, ghosted Batgirl, <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, it was... I, I would not be able to look Jim Gordon in the face, knowing that I piped his daughter. Why didn't they do any other Batgirl story at the beginning of that movie? Well, like, that's the thing. is like, I understand the idea of wanting us to really acknowledge Batgirl and be like, oh, yeah, but... You put Bruce Tim involved. He wants those two to fuck. Yeah. Like honestly, yeah, you could have done honestly like a li- like to make the Killing Joke more. You could have honestly just called it Batgirl and the Killing Joke, so just Batman the Killing Joke, and have the second half be the Killing Joke storyline, and the first half be a Batgirl. Like show how she became Batgirl. Show her with Robin and Dick and all this stuff, and then go in and go. Okay, now here's the Killing Joke. I think it would have been cool if they had done the first half is all Batgirl stuff. Batman doesn't even show up. And then when she, you know, when shit goes down, the first time you see Batman is when he pulls up to the asylum. I think that would have been so much cooler. Again, the, the second half of that movie is great. Yeah. Which, again, that's then that's one, part of the thing is that, yeah, the killing joke is, is not long. So, yeah, like, I understood why they felt they needed to pad the movie. Mm-hmm. Because, yeah, like, it's not long. It wouldn't have been a feature-length film. But... Yeah, it is what it is. I might, uh, yeah, I'm going to add in the second half of that. Yeah. And I'm going to watch Batman Beyond, Beyond Return of the Joker, the whole yeah. nine yards of that. Um, but the, the, that animated series is so good. And I'm going to add, I, I'm, once I finish Batman, whenever it goes in, so I'm, I'm going to actually look up a watch order of the DCAU uh, because at some point I'm going to add in Superman. Nice. And, and like probably back and forth that show. But. I've been reading a lot more comics. I'm going to start reading Deceased, or DC East, as BJ fucking calls it. Um, Tom Taylor, bro. Like, Injustice, Deceased, his Nightwing run is great. Um, I didn't know he had a Nightwing run. I'm going to check that out. Um, And he's doing Dark Knights of Steel, the medieval fantasy DC universe. I love that anytime they need an out-of-continuity, no-holds-barred thing, they go, Hey, uh, Tom Taylor, how you doing? Yeah, whenever they want some top-tier shit, they call him. Oh, boy. Did it stop? Nah, it's still gone. Hell, yeah. I let, I let the computer uh, fall asleep. But, um, no, like, I, I love every time uh, he's on a book, because I know this man is willing to... Cause, and they let him on things where it's like, oh, I'm going to, like... Like a lot of, I feel like a lot of artists and people would go, oh, make make a violent DC book, like a zombies book, and they just like, oh, zombies kill people. But Tom Taylor has like a respect for these characters mm-hmm. that like I love Batman's spoilers, uh, death in deceased. I mean, it happens pretty early. It is the first issue, but um, I, I think that was a great decision of him because Batman would have figured that shit out. I well, that's the funniest thing because how many if if because if they would have kept it going with Batman, people would have complained that well, Batman would have figured it out here. Batman would have done this here, and it's like no, he goes fuck it. Batman's the first to go. Mm-hmm. Not, well, Nightwing gets like Nightwing, Tim Drake, and and Bruce all are fucked. Yep, and I I I do the fact that Alfred had to be the one. Yeah, uh, I love by the way too. Also, in uh, in in Unkillables, like the side story, Jason Todd's goes back to the Batcave and just sees the three bodies of Dick, Tim, and Bruce, and he's like, 
what the fuck? Mm-hmm. I'm like, God, so good. And then Deathstroke. I love Deathstroke's play because Deathstroke is, is like in, immortal or invincible or whatever the fuck. So he can't die technically. So he has he has died, but then he comes back to life because I guess his his thing goes against the anti-life equation. Damn. It's really cool. Like, Deceased is honestly really, really fun. And what makes it better for a zombie, so it's like, unlike Marvel Zombies, which is just depressing, because um, it's written by Robert Kirkman. <laughs> um, yeah. Deceased has a hope. Like, actually a lot of hope nature to, to it. So, like, you get... Um, when you go through and even at, you know, at the end of the first one, there's hope that, oh, they could find a cure. You know, the planet, it's like, okay, like what they're doing for that, like how that ends is such a sweet ending. And he's doing a third one. It's, it's the final deceased storyline. Nice. And I'm happy for it because that was one thing about Marvel Zombies is how fucking long it went on. Yeah, there's it went like on f- fucking forever. There's four main books. And here's the funny part. They're all canon. Mm-hmm. That's what I like about Deceased. It's just its own thing. It's never going to touch the regular DC universe. If if the DC talks about the multiverse, that's not one of them. Yep. Same with Injustice. Injustice is just a thing. It's not part of the multiverse. Not part. It's not connected. It's just there. And I'm I'm glad for that. Marvel needs to take some notes on that. Honestly, yeah. But yeah. Uh, so just been reading more comics. The White Knight universe is great. Also, I just finished all those. Uh, I haven't started the book yet. I highly recommend. Oh yeah, by the way, uh, the Long Halloween, you can now buy hardback, hardcover deluxe editions of these that include uh, the Long Halloween deluxe edition, the Long Halloween sequel, Dark Victory, and the Long Halloween uh, side story, Catwoman: When in Rome. I'm gonna have to get those all in hardcovers that look really nice all together on a shelf. Yeah, I saw I... them at uh, Barnes and Noble, and I went, mmm. Definitely need to get those. The art was just too good. Oh yeah. And fun fact, they're all written by Jeff Loeb. Nice. Have you have you read Hush, by the way? No. That is also written by Jeff Loeb, but with art by Jim Lee this time. So Ooh. highly recommend that one, too, if you want to read into those. Because Hush is great. Same vibe, all the rogues, mystery thriller, Catwoman romance at the at the forefront. Hell yeah. It's it's literally like Hush. It's literally like Long Halloween Part 2. Feels nice. like. So it's, it's great. But uh, yeah, so I... It's pretty much what I've been doing. Um, I watched the first episode of Halo. How was it? Pretty good. I saw a clip of he it. He took his helmet off. Oh. At the very end of the episode. And let me just put it this way. Have you ever just seen a more generic white dude? <laughs> I mean, look, I'm willing to give it a shot. Like, I'm cool with alternate universe, different timeline shit. Like, they're calling this the silver timeline. It's not, it's not canon to the Halo games or books Mm -hmm. so i'm willing to give it a shot on that alone already it's doing better than how cowboy bebop did yeah so because like yeah it's it's brutal like the elites fucking kill children damn like they're full-on going no these motherfuckers are brutal and there are some problems like um how a gun in the hands of master chief despite it being the same gun as a regular human Somehow the shots are more powerful when Chief fires the gun. Because they're like, well, we need Chief to be a badass. Which, granted, the scene was great. Uh, but apparently episode two, I haven't, which that I don't think is out yet, is like heavy exposition. Mm. Whereas episode one was like big, bombastic fight scene. And yeah, because I, I saw a scene online where he was fighting uh, two dudes with plasma swords. And I was kind of disappointed that he didn't decide to pick one up himself. Yeah. But, uh, you know... As long as it's not terrible, 
been good. Well, that's a, yeah, I mean, granted, I, I love that we're in an era where Sonic the Hedgehog and Detective Pikachu are like the crowning achievements of video game movies. I'm I'm gonna have a watch party when that comes on Paramount Plus, the Sonic show. Oh yeah, oh yeah, we're gonna let's. I say we all go see it. You, me, Matt. Uh, let's make a Tuesday out of it or whatever, and all go. Fuck yeah. Although it's it's out, it's out, I think it comes out on a Thursday. I might be free that Thursday. Yeah, it's uh, I think it's the eighth that it comes out. So. Yeah. So if it's that Thursday, I'm free. But yeah, we absolutely should go see it. Hell yes. We'll do a, a podcast. I feel like we need to do a podcast on the first Sonic. Like do a quick watch along, get Matt in on it. Yeah. And then do one for uh, well, Matt. We have to wait for Matt to get his audio equipment, but do one for Sonic Two. Yes. But yeah, um, that's pretty much how my week's gone. Um, and I'd say now's a good time. Let's let's jump in. Um, how do you want to do this? Let's just take turns again. Do you Keep want that old old style? Yeah. All right. Do you want to start bottom and go top, or you want to start? Uh, well, mine are in no specific order once again. Okay. Because nice. I, I could not place them above any other. That's fair. So uh, whatever, man. All right. Um, I'll I'll start. So I have seventeen currently listed. I have sixteen. Okay. So I guess I'll get I'll get two out of it real quick. Uh, my number seventeen is Batman Arkham City. Hell yeah, that was on my uh, my list last time. You guys all know the story there. Yeah, uh, it is one of it's just one of my favorite Batman games. Like going through the city and not only just playing the main storyline with Joker, but also getting like the Deadshot storyline, going through the Hush storyline, mm-hmm. like all the side stories, the Riddler stuff. Everything about that game, just it's perfect Batman to me. Yes, absolutely. Robin was introduced in, as well. We got obviously Catwoman was playable and like excellently done. I think her her story is pretty fun, but also just like how her little relationship with Bruce and how it's portrayed in that game too. Yeah, I love like how she she leaves the money to go get Bruce. I love that they leave that to you, by the way. And if you walk out credits yeah and then it does the rewind thing yeah, i but i love that and so i i love that it's like catwoman cares in her subtle way where she's like and i like how she's saying just leave him you yeah. have the money to go she's just like fuck um i was hoping when i was a kid that that would lead to a catwoman game honestly i think it'd be great like the the, the gameplay style alone uh, was great for Catwoman, a, a more stealthy approach. Yeah, which is ironic because that game is also stealth based. But yeah, Arkham Arkham City is great. The Kevin Conroy and Mark Hamill reprising the roles of Batman and Joker. Uh, this is the first game that I think Tara Strong was Harley Quinn. But I think that's still right. great. And then the DLC where you play as Robin. Oh the, yeah, the Harley Quinn's Revenge also really good. I waited months for that when it was coming out. It's a very good DLC. I really liked it. But I'll let you go with your 16. Uh, we got a very different game. Kirby Squeak Squad. Hell yeah. Um, Sorry. It's one of the first games that I... I think it was actually the first game that I 100%ed. Um, it, it's just so fucking fun. Like, I love in that one... All the... Pretty much up to the DS. They were still doing the thing where it's like, okay, if you get a power, it changes Kirby's color palette. Mm-hmm. So, like, Ice would make him that baby blue and everything. I really love that. And then they had this um, this thing where it's like you could find paint cans like around the world. And that would unlock just like different shaders for Kirby. And there was like 30 of them. Yeah. And there was just so much to collect. There was um, like a collection room where you could go 
and be like, okay, have you gotten this power? Yes. Then you can just go in here and grab it again for the next stage. And then um, when you 100% it, you unlock a new power called Ghost, which is you can like float through things. You can possess enemies and use their movesets and stuff. It was so cool. More of that Eldritch Horror shit from Kirby that he (laughs) can be on. Yeah, mind control. And, uh, like, the art in that game is great. The the story is, you know, it's a Kirby story, but I thought it was great, too. And all the characters they added, the Squeak Squad themselves are very well designed. And I think that is probably one of my favorite Kirby games next to um, Crystal Shards on the N64. But, yeah. Is Crystal Shards the one with that really creepy fucking final boss, or...? Uh, I think so. That's the one with the little painter kid. Yeah, I have no clue. Um, I just know there's the one with like the bleeding eye, fucking creepy. I don't know which one that was, but that one's been in a couple of them, I think. But um, I remember hearing about Squeak Squad because that's the DS, right? Yeah. yeah, I remember. I remember. I had like friends who played that, and they're like, "Oh, Kirby Squeak Squad." This is when I was a, like a certain kid where I was like only into like edgy Final Fantasy bullshit or whatever the fuck. Yeah. Or I wanted more action oriented games. Like I think Kirby was definitely at that time where I'm like, "Oh, this is too kitty for me." I said I was playing fucking Mario as well. So, I don't know. Was, Kirby never vied with me when I was younger. But yeah. it, I, as I grew up, ironically, it, I just got better. And I was like, oh, this is great. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. Number uh, 16 for me is Super Mario Sunshine. Nice. This game gets so much hate, and I don't understand why. I I've this, never understood it. This game is great. I love the world, like, the level designs. I love... You know, just playing it. Flood mechanics really cool. It's really interesting for a platformer, and it has the most story of any Mario yeah. game ever made, pretty much. At least the core ones. It's like you get. Yeah, I was gonna say Super Mario RPG probably has a little more Thousand Year Door, especially definitely. Um, but like, yeah, like I'm sitting here just like, oh, this game is great. Like the platforming's fun. It's one of the few games I ever like completed 100. percent Like all shine sprites, everything I could get. I love that game. And, like, the fact that I go online and hear that it's considered one of the worst Mario games, I'm like, how? who the fuck said, said this? Yeah. Who decided that? I want to meet them. I, I need to have a talk with them. Call me Will Smith <laughs> in that scenario. <laughs> but, like, oh, the game's great, dude. Yeah, I, I loved it when I was a kid. I used to spend hours and hours just exploring the uh, Delfino Plaza and everything. I remember being so fucking hyped when I got that Yoshi for the first time. Dude. I was like, he can eat fruit and yeah. it affects him. Yeah. It's so, dude, it's just such an interesting, because that to me shows off the creativity. Obviously, I think Mario Galaxy is probably better, but I have, I have a soft spot. So, Sunshine is one of my I all-time faves. I think Sunshine for me is above Galaxy, but Galaxy is very close to it. But, uh... Next on my list, we have the legendary Fury with an eye, not furry. Um, Fury with an eye is really good. Yeah, it's incredible. Um, I Whenever I have just like a day where I'm off and I'm not doing anything, oftentimes I will just say, let me play through Fury again. And I'll just go through the whole game in a sitting. It's very easy to do that with. Um, but the production value on it is incredible for an indie game. The music fucking slaps. Every track in that game hits really hard. Character designs are incredible. Um, 
just like the combat, very like platinum inspired. It's like top down with sword play and bullet hell. Like it's just so perfect. And I recommend everybody go play it because it, it deserves way more recognition than it gets. It's really good. Like, yeah, soundtrack alone, go buy it for that. But like, yeah, it it's, it's a bullet hell that is like, yeah, like mixed with an action, like swordplay game that like you don't think would work too well. Mm-hmm. Like, obviously I think like near Automata kind of does that also really well. Yeah. It's bullet hell sections, but also with, you know, obviously, um, your hack and slash gameplay. But the way Fury handles its presentation of all of it, stellar. Like, the first level you're doing where you're, like, walking, and it's all this, like, waste of, like, desert-ish nothing. Your first, like, main fight, and the music ramps up. You're like, oh, fuck. All right, let's go. Mm -hmm. Does a great job of its presentation. And that that is one thing that uh, you can shit on Cyberpunk for. It does the Cyberpunk Samurai thing 130% better than Cyberpunk does. Hmm. Yeah, Fury's great. Number fifteen for me is Don- Don't Number Cry- fifteen. <laughs> Almost said Dante may cry, Devil's Awakening, but <laughs> Devil May Cry uh, three, Dante's Awakening. Uh, this is obviously where Devil May Cry finally figured out what the fuck it wants to be. Yep. The first game is a Resident Evil clone with more action. The second game is shit. Um, in the third game, they're like, all right wacky woohoo pizza man adventure what if it was good <laughs> yeah um but it, and it is good specifically so I, I when I talk about this game I'm talking about the special edition with playable Virgil mm-hmm. that is always what you you mention when you talk about this game because Virgil's play style is awesome I, I I hate that he's only for special editions it seems yeah but his playstyle alone in, in three was great, and they added cutscenes. Like all the other ones, it was just like one or two cutscenes in the beginning and end. This one, while you're still playing through the same missions that Dante did, the cutscenes were different because it's Virgil actually having interactions with Arkham, doing introduction stuff, and all this other cool cool shit. That's nice. So they definitely they did really well with that game, and it, it for and. It is granted. I'm playing, you know, the obviously upscaled 60 FPS versions of the games, but for a PS2 game, solid. Honestly, yeah, it's I mean, an it, action game. It wouldn't be a good upscaled 60 FPS version if the bones weren't there and yep. sturdy. So, solid choice there. And definitely introduced me to what like was my favorite game series realistically. Like, because I had played the reboot first, mm-hmm. but like, and that that was like I was I had fun. Playing three though was like, oh, this is, I love this game. Like yeah. that was where it's like, oh, this is it. So yeah. Nice. My next one is Xenoblade Chronicles Two. Hell yeah. Uh, I've talked at length about it. So we don't um, need to talk anymore. In mind. Is- <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I will be quick with it because I just wanted to say like, fantastic game. Everybody should play it. Uh, spent hundreds of hours in it when it came out, still go back to it today. And most importantly, it led me to play some of the best games that I've ever touched with uh, the original Xenoblade and now Xenogears. Um, so get on that shit, especially if you're planning on playing Xenoblade 3. This will give you a good idea of what you're fucking connected. Yeah. Um, no, the, there, there is one thing about Xenoblade I will give it is that it gave me one of the best DLCs. <laughs> 
Yeah, facts. Golden's Torna is awesome. Mm-hmm. I fucking love that DLC. Wish that was Xenoblade 2, but whatever. <laughs> uh, my number 14 is No More Heroes. Nice. This is the first rated M game I had ever played because my parents were just like, oh, Wii games. They're... I think it was for a lot of yeah. people, actually, just because it was on the Wii. Yeah, and so I... Uh, I got it. I, I I don't remember how I got it. I just know that at some point it was in my house and I played it and then it was gone. <laughs> so like that's the, I just know that there was a point where either I I don't think I got caught with it cuz I would have vividly remembered like the yelling and like oh this game is violent blah blah. Mm-hmm. So I guess I borrowed it. But Yeah, no, this game's great. It's it's a Wii it's a Wii action game. Uh, so you're using the weird mode a lot, like you were like in Zelda and whatnot. But this one has like specific like things. You you swing both weird modes, like both remote and nunchuck to the side, and he'll do like a wrestling move to finish off stuff. Mm-hmm. It was bloody for a Wii game, so the blood looks like shit. Yeah. Um, but like everything about that game, Travis is a complete asshole, but so is every other character. Yeah. I I love because they made Travis look like the lesser of two of all the evils, mm-hmm. but he's still a dick. He's not a good person. And uh, his entire motivation speaks to me on a spiritual level that he is. It's that Scott Pilgrim shit where it's literally like, oh, I'm going to I'm going to get to be number one so I can get some pussy. Yeah. And that's literally it is Sylvia Cristal literally says, if you win, I'll, I'll sleep with you. And Travis is immediately in on becoming the number one assassin. Mm hmm. It is so stupid and weird, and I, I just love the game. I uh, My history with No More Heroes started in high school when I went to MTech with a couple of friends, and one of them cosplayed Travis. And I was like, "What? that's that Wii game, right? And then I kind of followed it for a while, and this was at the time where it was like impossible to find a copy of this game. And I was like, okay, well, I have a PS3 now. Let me see what that one's worth. And it's fucking astronomical, the PS3 version. You got the two Wii copies for one and two. That's very nice. Yeah. But uh, I I did play Travis Strikes Again when that came out, and I fucking loved it. I played through it with my sister, and um, I thought my favorite moment in that game was like him and his cat going to uh, Tokyo in that one like visual novel segment. I was like, this is just sweet. It, it's it's such a because so Travis Strikes Again is so interesting because Suda loves indie games mm-hmm. and he wanted to pay homage to indie games and there's a Fury T-shirt yeah. in that game which is dope. I think I I I rocked the the Crypt of the Necro Dancer T-shirt that was on there. Fuck yeah! It yeah. So No More Heroes is great. It's weird. It's it's if you like Deadpool, I think you'd enjoy it. It's that weird same kind of fourth wall breaking humor. Yeah. Considering the first thing Travis tells you is, hey, press the button. Let's start playing this game. And, and like, he kind of does that shit a lot, in, especially in trailers. Mm-hmm. So, And if you're interested in this, it's all available on Switch now. All of the it. The whole series. And it's, it's a great way to play it. <laughs> yeah. All right. Your turn. Next up, I know I shit on it all the time, but The Last of Us. Uh, it, it's a it's a good shitting on it. It's shitting on it out of love, right? It's like I I love this game and I love its legacy, but fuck you, PlayStation, stop, stop remaking it. <laughs> stop throwing it at me again and pretending it's new. Um, when I got out of high school, I got like a bunch of money from graduation, 
and I bought a laptop for college. And then I had just enough left over where I was like, I need to go to Best Buy and buy a fucking PlayStation 4. Because I didn't have any next-gen consoles, and it was like one or two years after they'd all come out at this point. I was like, I need one, or I'm not going to be able to continue playing a lot of the games I want to play. So I went to Best Buy, picked up the original PS4 bundle that came with The Last of Us Remastered, and that was the only game that I had for a while. So I did New Game Plus over and over and over until it was just like parts and medicine stacking up in my inventory that I couldn't use. Um, that game is incredible. I love the stealth. The gunplay feels really good to me. Um, anytime you implement a bow into a game and you do it well, I'm in on that shit. Uh, it, the story was very incredible. At the time, I don't think I'd played anything that had that much weight to it in a game. Um, so it, it really had an impact on me and two itself, say what you will about it. It had a very similar impact on me as well, and the gameplay I felt was just way better and more improved than the first. So I do love two as well, but the first one holds a special place for me. To me, it's kind of the same way where I think you cannot denounce two's quality, mm-hmm. but to me, there there are some things in two that sl- slide it down. Whereas I feel Last of Us One is just perfect tens across the board. Yeah, like there's not a single part of that game that I'm like, this is bad. Or this could be worked on better. It was just like, no, this is like perfect. I'm having so much fun. I'm crying. I'm laughing. I'm angry. Um, the Left Behind DLC was also great. Like every everything about Last of Us 1 is stellar. And I'm going to shit on it. But if that remaster comes out and looks amazing, I'm going to fucking buy it. Yeah. I just hope to God that it doesn't, that they don't change anything. That they keep the story the same. They keep everything how it is. It's just visual overall. Yeah, I I think they'll probably add some slight differences to the gameplay just to match up with two, like the second level of crouching. Yeah. And they'll probably add in some higher grass because there are points in the first game where I was like, okay, there's high grass here. I can hide. And then it's very much not the case. Um, and I think they can do more interesting things with like the David fight with the stealth with yeah. him and Ellie. Um, so that's what I'm looking forward to seeing with that. But, but also, know. fuck you, don't re-release it. Yeah, make, make Uncharted Five or Last of Us Three. Fucking remastered Golden Compass. Yeah, like, there are so many people that haven't played that game, and it's by far the longest Uncharted. Do that, or I mean, now is especially like you put Uncharted, uh, Lost Legacy, and Four on PS5, but not and on PC, but not the first three. Yeah, that's kind of weird. Yeah, whatever. It is what it is. Um, but yeah, Last of Us is great. Hell yeah. My next one is Assassin's Creed 4 Black Flag, baby. Nice. The best Assassin's Creed. Fuck you. Anyone who says 2 is better or 1 is better. I say that 3 is better. You're a fucking I'm, I'm the feet guy in the Assassin's <laughs> Creed conversation. No, no. The feet guy is, you know, honestly, the PSP version. Bloodlines is the best one. I fuck with that one, too. I mean, it's a great game, <laughs> but to put it above 2, even? No, the, no. The I f- took that game with me on in my PSP. It was the only game I took with no. me to the Bahamas. No, bro. The feet guy is the guy who likes uh, Chronicles. Yeah. That's the feet guy. <laughs> That's great. Um, but no, Black Flag is just stellar all around. I don't 
when it comes to open world games, I'm not the biggest fan of going and exploring every inch of a map. Because a lot of times, I just don't care because I don't think the rewards are worth it. I don't really give a shit. Mm-hmm. But Black Flag is one of those open world games where there's just something about the sailing. There's something about ship combat. And then just the sea shanties, dog. I yeah. can sail for hours just listening to the sea, the sea shanties just because. It all just meshes so well together. It's surprising how well Assassin's Creed works with piracy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like... <laughs> I'm going to be completely honest with you. Like, when you think Assassin's Creed, dense cities, stabbing in the dark, whatever, and then you go to this pirate one and it's big, bombastic ship battles and the stealth kills and fun shit like that. Mm-hmm. It, it it works so well. And then, God, dude, the story. Matt Ryan as Edward Kenway. Stellar job. Also love him as Constantine, but stellar job in, in this fucking game. And then, dude, every time, without fail, when I hear the song Parting Glass, I fucking cry. Because that's because you got Mary, not Mary, uh, the other girl. I cannot remember her name for the life of me. Um, I just woke up before this podcast, all right? <laughs> Leave me alone. Um, Mary's the other one. Uh, the redhead one. She starts singing this song. And Edward is going to meet his daughter for the first time that he didn't know he had. And he looks over at this table and as she's singing Parting Glass, all the people that you, you hung out with and were friends with or enemies with who are considered Edward's friends, who are all dead, are sitting there and raising a glass to him as he's leaving the pirate life. Damn. And I'm sitting here bawling my fucking eyes out. And then the first thing is he, he picks up a flower on the way up and just you know hands it to his little girl. And I'm just like, fuck, dude. This game is so good. God dang it. That's really sweet. It's such a great game, and I, I love just every aspect of it. And the fact that it's not higher on my list says a lot. Yeah. Because I love this game. But, yeah, Black Flag, best Assassin's Creed game. And one of the few games where I absolutely will cry every single fucking time at the end. Speaking of crying. Here we go. Uh, Near Automata. Fuck yeah, dude. This... I picked it up on Black Friday like a year or two after it came out. I hadn't heard much about the game at all besides like seeing the um like the characters online everywhere. Everybody was cosplaying to be. Yeah. But uh I didn't know anything about the story and then um we got a bunch of copies in at GameStop for a Black Friday deal where it was like five, ten bucks. Yeah. And I was like, fuck yeah, dude, it's Square Enix. And I didn't know that Platinum had made the combat at the time. Um, so when I started playing it, I was like, oh my God, this is Platinum. Platinum did the combat and Square Enix wrote the story. This is right up my alley. Um, little did I know I was in for an existential journey of why the fuck am I alive? (laughs) (laughs) And by the end of that game, I, um, I was in the, uh, there's a boss fight where you switch between two characters going up this lift and the boss, like, drops and gets smacked up to the other one and everything. And by the time I got to that point, I was like, what's even the point anymore? Like, I was so, like, depressed that I wasn't even having fun. But I think, in a way, that added to the experience. <laughs> oh, I, I agree with you 100%. Because 
I every time I've played near, I always have to go. Someone check on Yoko Taro. Is he okay? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, bro, are you good? Even the mobile game I've heard has smoke. The mobile game is fucking depressing. Like I've heard, like there's times where it's like there are people going, bro. Someone send. Like, is he good? Yeah, I uh, I eventually had to stop playing near at work because I was just sitting there and I was like, oh fuck, it's so sad. And then. I had my volume all the way up for the voice acting, so everybody was just like staring at me at the dealership, and I was just like, <sighs> "Yeah, so, yeah." Near is incredible, but don't play it if you are prone to uh, suicidal thoughts or depression. It's, yeah, it makes you question existence. Yeah. All right, number twelve, The Legend of Zelda: Twilight Princess. Nice. This was, so I had played Ocarina of Time and Majora's Mask. I love both of those games. I never beat Majora's Mask as a kid because I couldn't fucking understand the whole time mechanic and what the fuck I had to do. Same. Um, But Ocarina I beat the shit out of. I then go to Twilight Princess, and the fact that it's pretty much just a spiritual successor to Ocarina in, you know, dungeon crawling, all the the storyline, fighting Ganon at the end again. Arguably, I think it's the most, like sequel Zelda game. Yeah. And at the time, I was like, this one looks so gritty and real. Mm-hmm. It looks awful now. But um, at the time, I was like, holy shit. And then I loved the Wolf Link stuff. Yeah. Collecting the bugs was kind of stupid. But the idea of like, at night he switches or in, in the Twilight World, that's how he has to react. And I'm like, all right, this is so good. So interesting. It's like an interesting game mechanic. And then when you get the sword and get to be human link learning all the heroic like things from the hero of time pretty mm-hmm. much was awesome i don't care what anybody says the final ganon fight just being a sword fight between the two of you is the hypest shit yeah after beating his demonic form beating him on horseback just swords fuck that shit that's all i think that's what was missing from breath of the wild but again we're still not even sure if that was actually ganon so I I get why they didn't do it, but that has always been like, uh, what what's that other one they did? Fucking uh, the shitty one on the Wii. Um, Skyward Sword. Yeah, that ended with just a straight up sword fight too, and that was my favorite part of the game. I still need to beat Skyward Sword. I have it on Switch now. Just watch a playthrough. It's not worth it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I can do that. Um, but no, dude, like, ah, just the game's so good. I love that game to death. But, uh, yeah, so you you go next. All right, next up, we got a bit of a weird one. All um, right. Brutal Legend. All right, hell yeah. I, uh, I remember when it was coming out, I was in middle school, and I... Um, Perfect age to get into this game. Absolutely. And as you can see by looking at me, it shaped my entire future. Um, it, uh, I saw it debut in, like... EGM or something like that. I used to read a lot of gaming magazines when I was a kid. And uh, just seeing like all the stuff about it, hearing that Jack Black was in the game, Kyle Gass was in the game, Ozzy yeah. Osbourne, I was like, this is fucking sick. And uh, I remember back then it was still like, oh, it's a strategy game, but it is coming to the 360. I was like, okay, well, I'll give it a try. It looks like it's going to be fun and everything. And then it came out, and it was an open-world action with a few strategy elements but um the, apparently EA was like no fuck you yeah, action game strategy don't do well 
but uh, the the soundtrack to that game shaped a lot of my taste in music <laughs> and um, my aesthetic pretty much. And the the adventuring was great. This is this is probably the second game that I 100%ed. By the way, I did all those stupid little side missions, transporting the beer kegs, racing Kyle Gas. <laughs> um, like that game was just so fun. And the writing in it just made it so much better. Jack Black doing the voice of Eddie, like, really cemented everything. And I I just fucking love that game. I really wish they would remaster it. I love the just opening of him being like, man, what does rock come to? Because it's the, like... That, him like, in the, like, pop-punk band. <laughs> because they start off, like, dark and they get like real like happy or whatever the fuck it was and i'm just like jesus christ i also one of my favorite elements of that game is that when you put it in your console and start it up it starts with a video of jack black going to a record store and looking for the brutal legend record and when he opens it up it's the start screen yeah the the record case not the case but like the jacket is the start screen with the menu and everything there was just so much style in every little bit of that game. It was so fucking good. Every Tim Schafer game has that bit of, like, style of, like, subtle, like, interesting bits like that. Yeah. But, yeah, I fucking love Brutal Legends. Get uh, Jack Black in more games. Yeah, honestly. I mean, he, he's a gamer now. He's a gaming YouTuber. He, he wants to be a part of it. Yeah. <clears throat> All right. My next one. Uh, a lot of people are going to disagree, but Final Fantasy fifteen. I... I've said it on multiple podcasts. I said it on the last podcast we have met. I was following this game for a fucking decade. Yep. I, it, it could have come. The only way that I would have hated this game is if it was just fucked mm-hmm. on launch, but it wasn't. I played it. I enjoyed it. I played I was like, cool. This game is pretty. All right. I'd say, I'd say a six kind of seven out of 10. And then, you know, that's when I started getting into everything. Right. So I had King's Glaive, the movie, but I didn't have the brother anime. So I was like, all right, it is what it is. I was following that pretty heavily when it but, came out because it was just up on YouTube. Yeah, but um, I finally it was it was finally when Royal Edition popped off, and I said, "Fuck it, I'm gonna play through the game again." I sat through the whole thing, saw all the changes. I watched the Brotherhood anime first. I watched Kingslave when you're supposed to, and I played through the rest of the story. And by the end of that game, I'm bawling my fucking eyes out, crying because yeah. God dang it, this road trip with my boys was awesome. And even even with how underdeveloped Luna Freya is, I still was like, fuck, dude. This game is so good. The moments... Arden is a villain. Amazing. I, I like... I know some people hate it, but I love the fact where you go to meet, like, oh, we're going to beat the Empire down. They're all fucking dead. Yeah. And you're like, what the fuck? And it's Arden just, like, being such a manipulative asshole. I'm like, this is great. He's definitely one of the best villains in Final Fantasy. Mm-hmm. And, God, dude... I love the open world. I love how the game also is just Monster Hunter yeah. on the side. Because, you, yeah, you just go to these bars, and you're like, hey, uh, give me a contract, and you just go fight monsters to the point where you can fight a giant mountain turtle. Yeah. That, that apparently I, takes you, like, if you're not at the right level, can take you two real-world days to beat. I uh, I tried to fight him when I was not very high level, and I fought him for half an hour, and the bar never moved yep and i was like fuck this turtle so i never tried again there's so much like cool so like there's a lot of super bosses in that game you can go find there's a lot of interesting ideas the royal content obviously going around insomniac city ruins as a dungeon and then getting to fight omega the little robot mm-hmm. like that's 
the game is so good and i love the voice acting i love the characters it just stellar all the way around definitely so yeah so my next one i don't think i've talked about too much on the podcast but it's metal gear solid 3 um it was my first metal gear game and i think that is a great place for everyone to start metal gear um because it's not as top down heavy there's still some like cinematic elements to it and it does a really good job of explaining all the mechanics um i i cried pretty heavily a bunch of times in this game um big boss is one of the best characters in gaming i think uh i hate that in smash there's no like dedicated big boss skins for snake yeah um because he is a genetic fucking clone (laughs) it would have been very easy to just put in any of the costumes but um mgs3 is just an incredible game on every platform ps2 i have never played i played the hd version on the 360 first the vita version is really solid and a lot of people say that the 3ds version is actually the best way to play it um because they did update the visuals um pretty heavily for that but it's it's incredible a lot of polish um so many fun little easter eggs you can do uh there's a boss that you can kill before the boss room and uh if you do that the game punishes you by hitting you with one of the wheels of his wheelchair and uh (laughs) taking down your health pretty significantly because it's like fuck you we made a boss fight play it um but yeah it's it's just incredible and uh, th- that's also one of those games where it's like, okay, there's consequences for killing people because there's one point where Snake is on the verge of death, crawling through the river sticks, and the people coming at you will slow you down, and they are all the people that you've killed in the game. So if you go non-lethal, you can just walk through the river. And that is, like, the core of one of the things that makes that game so good. So I highly recommend everybody play MGS3. I love shit like that, by the way. Of like, oh yeah, because you didn't do this thing here, it makes this part easier. Yeah, like actually showing your choices matter. Because mm-hmm. like, yeah, you can have a choice wheel or dialogue options, but there's something about actually doing things and being like, oh, well, it's gonna fuck you over later or not. Yeah, so good. And it rewards you for challenging yourself. Oh, yeah. in that way, which is really nice. All right, number ten. We're down to the top ten. See, let's see how fast this goes. We'll we'll see. Because my number 10 is Kingdom Hearts 358 over 2. Yep. This is my favorite Kingdom Hearts game due to story alone. The gameplay is whatever. The the leveling system's interesting. But, like, I fell in love with these three. Dude, Roxas, Axel, and Shion. That, like, I, I cried when Roxas showed back up in 3. Yeah. I, I legit was tearing up when when Sora says Shion's name for the first time. I'm like, God dang it, bruh. Because this game specifically hit me harder than any other uh, game in the series because, like, I had it on my DS, so it was, like, very personal of just, oh, it's me, yeah. right? And then playing as Roxas, like, I love the idea of this this dude who's kind of realizing he does have feelings, realizing that he, he can feel things, and, like, pushing through all that and then losing everything. Mm-hmm. And and I love this, the ending of him just being like, fuck it, I'm going to get rid of this organization myself. And Riku coming up and no, I need you alive so Sora can come back. Yeah. Such a great ending. The final boss fight, 
with Riku is awesome. It was incredible. I love that game, and I'm still pissed they only did cutscenes for the, the collection. I think... That game should have deserved a full-ass remake. I think if they wanted to make some money, I don't think they'll do it anymore because they're just sticking to cloud versions and bullshit for the series. But if they really wanted to do something cool, I think they would remake 358, do um, the... Uh, the movie about the the four bears four bears key bears whatever the fuck they're called um make that a game no matter how shitty it may be and then uh what was the other one they turned into a movie coded, coded. just remake all those in the same engine give them honestly like you could remake kingdom hearts 358 and coded in two's engine I'd yeah be fine with it and they i mean you could just port the leveling system from one to the other and have it make sense yeah so, you know, they could do it, but I know they won't because they don't fucking care. Yeah, but yeah, it's still my favorite Kingdom Hearts game to this day. Very incredible game. I had a ton of fun with it, too, and I wish that they would bring back that multiplayer in some yeah, form. Yeah, for real. Holy shit. Next up, uh, a 3DS game, and it's a weird one. Luigi's Mansion Dark Moon. More than Luigi's Mansion 1 and 3. Really? Yeah. Because I would put opposite of this, I think, is the weakest. See, I you, that I think that's to its credit. Like, even the weakest Luigi's Mansion game well, is yeah. an incredible I want to put, yeah, none of them are bad <laughs> yeah. at all. Just that one is the weakest of the three. But this one was very important to me. It was around the time that I was still carrying around a 3DS, and my 3DS actually ended up, like, breaking. Like, mm-hmm. the top screen would not show up anymore. Um, and it was in November of, I think it was the year Luigi's Mansion came out, but they had a Black Friday deal where you could get this deep blue 3DS with Luigi's Mansion. And I was like, all right, sick. Got to get that deep blue. And, uh, I did. And it was an incredible game. Like the mission structuring, I really liked a lot of extra side content and uh, Luigi's Mansion, at its core, really rewards people that do everything yeah. in a level. And that's kind of the player that I always am. Um, so it it really just drew me in. And I love that game to this day. I'll still go back and play it. Phenomenal game. I I, I do... that. One of my gripes is that t- Dark Moon was what was definitely the start of it's not as cartoony anymore because the first one on the gamecube was legit terrifying sometimes yeah two and three are like yeah they're fun you know yeah. so but it is what it is number nine for me is god of war for the ps4 this game is like how you feel about last of us mm-hmm. that's me with this game damn like i didn't have a single gripe it was every time i played god of war when I played it, I could not fucking stop thinking about it. I wanted to get home and play more. I wanted to get home and, and figure out more. I loved Atreus. I love I love the relationship of the father and the son and them kind of figuring each other out. I love that the story is let's go let's go uh, do what our the dying wish of the the wife mother right mm-hmm. is let's let's scatter her ashes on the highest peak and through that. You learn more about the gods. You learn more about this other stuff. And it is a family story because you, you also get Freya and... Is it Freya? Balder and his mother and all the other stuff around that. You learn more. I mean, I love how the game ends with the little snippet of Thor. Yeah. And I love that in this game we're getting Thor, but he's like big. 
We getting chunky Thor in the next game. Thick Thor. But um, no, it's awesome. It's such a great. It's well, well executed game. Also, I I cannot imagine how hard it would have been. But the fact that that game is presented as a one shot, yeah, is so amazing. Sorry, I thought I saw a peak on my thing, but oh, it was no. just a a streak of light. No, you're... but. Dude, the fact that, yeah, presented in a one-shot, so there's no camera cuts, it just, it's a fl- solid flow. It's, oh, it's so good. Hell Christopher, yeah. Christopher Judd, Judd, Judge? Mm. Kratos' voice actor is stellar. <laughs> Jesus Christ, and obviously the memes that came out where it's like, oh, boy. Boy. I love, I love it, too. That's still one of my favorite Game Awards moments, where, it, like, Atreus' voice actor just looking at him, like, say the line. <laughs> Oh, it's so good, dude. My uh, favorite line is, uh, I haven't really played much of that game, but close your heart to it, boy. <laughs> I say that to myself in my head all the time. It's such a stellar game, dude. I fucking love that game so much. The gameplay is great. It's visceral. It hits hard. And I and this is a spoiler, and I, wish, I, I don't want it to be, but dude, when you get the fucking Blades of Chaos, yeah. it is such a moment that you're like, oh, fuck yeah. It's the Hell most yeah. metal shit because the sky turns orange Ooh. and you're just like, I'm about to wreck some bitches. <laughs> Fuck yeah. It's so good. So yeah, number nine, God of War for me. Next up, I have another strange game. Uh, Luminous, spelled L-U-M-I-N-E-S. And if it is not pronounced Luminous, I do not care. Do not at me. <laughs> it's Luminous now. <laughs> and... Uh, I I started playing this with the the remastered one uh of the first game that is and it's just like the perfect puzzle game. It's like puzzle rhythm which seems to be a trend with me. Um but like it's just all the songs and the way the blocks connect and it does that little shimmer effect. It's just like pure happiness in a game despite the fact that it's the simplest thing I've ever touched. But um, it just like it just makes me smile, man. Like that to me, it's also just like not every game has to be this stellar, you know, unpacking of humanity. Yeah. Sometimes you just want to play a game that's just fun that you're playing and you're like, oh, this is nice. Yeah, it's uh, it's one of the first games that I bought a vinyl soundtrack for. Hell yeah! Just because I love the music, and that first song that you start out with is just stellar, and uh, that's one of those games that has like the um reactive music nice. so the better you're doing you'll get like more vocals that like devil the, may cry five shit yeah, yeah the beat will pick up and then you'll get like background vocals and shit it's so good but uh yeah there's not much to say about luminous but it's I mean, amazing it's a stellar game yeah hell yeah sometimes it's all you need like i don't have much to say about like forza but i love forza five or horizon five because i'm just like it's fun yeah that's all i needed it to be i'm right fallout new vegas Nice. Stellar role-playing game. It, it Back to the roots of Fallout, it felt, because it's all the original guys who worked on, like, Fallout 1 and 2. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's just so good, dude. Yeah. I, the, 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 the morality system, the choices, everything about that game just screams what I want in role-playing games like that. It's what I, it's what every Western, you know, RPG kind of has to top for me. Yeah, definitely. Um, because it's so good. Like, everything about that game, just no matter what I do in it, every time I play it, I'm like, ah, oh, I could get lost here for 
hours. That's a real like desert island game for me. Like if I if I was stranded somewhere and I only had one game to play for the rest of my life, I could absolutely do it with New Vegas. Yeah, new and especially you have all the DLC with you too. Oh hell yeah, oh, dude. dude! Fucking I I love I know I know it's weird, but like what's the the old world blues like all the freaky brain? Yeah, the robot the, dudes. Um, was it is it Solomon or the guy with the wrapped? Uh, bandage head. Uh, uh fuck it. For uh, old, is it old money? I think is that one or dead money. Dead money is the one. Or dead money is the casino or the. That's the one that's based on the treasure, the Sierra Madre. Yeah. Okay. So that's dead money. Then it's on it. Honest, honest hearts. hearts. And then there's old or blues. Mm-hmm. And then yeah, uh, lonesome row or like the yeah lonesome row, which is the last one. Yeah. Such a great game. I love. I love just unpacking secrets. I love, and, and there's nothing better than running through the wasteland in nothing but a loincloth and a power glove. But you're so high enough level that I can punch a death claw to death. It's fucking great. Yeah, that is that is an incredible feeling. That game just has such a positive feedback loop, and everything in it is good. All right, let's see here. My next one. Uh, this might be on your list. But Dissidia 012 Final Fantasy. Fun fact, it's not. Oh, wow. We haven't had a lot of overlap, which I'm yeah. kind of glad for. I, I tried to, like, take that into account. I did Like, that's why, <laughs> that's why uh, New Vegas isn't on here. That's why I didn't do 15. But uh, Dissidia was, like, a very important game to me. It really got me into the other Final Fantasies that I did not play as a kid. I mean, it's an important game for both of us. I, that, that one youth trip we that, took. That's another reason I put it on here, because it's an important game for our history. Yeah. That's one of the first games that I think we actually played together. Um, and it is just made better by the fact that it's a Final Fantasy game. Um, combat in that game fucking slaps. I... Uh, I hope that they put that on the PlayStation service. See, that's one because Dissidia 012, well, you couldn't get it natively on the Vita. It's available to buy elsewhere. So I wonder if you actually subscription. It is actually on the store. Oh. They they added it and the uh, the prologue thing too. And um, I wanted to get the prologue because way back in the day, that was the only way to get Aerith. Yeah. So. Yeah. Now I think they just have her on the store as like DLC or something because it doesn't work with the the backwards compatibility whatever. Yeah. But uh yeah, it's a it's an incredible fucking game. I would love to play it again on something more modern. O12 especially because it's it's both the the newest story of Dissidia and then the 13th cycle or whatever the fuck it was. Yeah. Um they did yeah, I love that game. It, it's literally Smash Bros with Final Fantasy. But with all the Final Fantasy characters you wanted to, to hang out with, but then also some you're probably like, I didn't need lightning here. Yeah. I'm going to be honest with you. <laughs> I'm cool if Bart's doesn't show up again. Yeah, I wasn't the biggest fan of Bart's. But Zidane um, and Titus? Ten guy. Titties. Titties. Zidane and Titties. I loved... I liked Tifa's inclusion in, in O12. That was really nice. Yeah. Her and uh, Laguna yeah. were really good. Laguna's great. You need to play 8, by the way, because the, the Laguna Squall switching shit is so cool. I've started it, and I've met Laguna, but I haven't gotten much farther past that. It's it's a great game. And I, I like that it's ironically, because it, it is a romance game, technically, because mm-hmm. of uh, Squall and Renoa. But yeah, no, Dissidia is great. I, I fucking love Dissidia. 
I, I played, oh man, I think I've max leveled every, not every character, fuck playing Onion Knight. Uh, yeah. And, and Eleven's character. But I played the fuck out of uh, 12's villain. Uh, yeah. Holy shit, I love his play style. The villains hit really hard in those Ooh. games. Dude, fucking Sephiroth is unbeatable. That, holy fuck. That game is why I'm such a big Garland fan, honestly. Mm. Like the seeing his armor and everything and just seeing him jump with that massive fucking sword and do that air combat stuff. As a Garland fan, I think you'll enjoy playing as Jack Garland in Final Fantasy Origin. I've been heavily considering picking that one up recently. I really want to try it. But yeah, uh, my next one. To see a 12 is great. But next one, I know I just said that uh, it's uh, New Vegas is what I put Western RPGs on that pedestal for. Mm-hmm. But I lied. It's actually Oblivion. <laughs> ah. Elder Scrolls 4 Oblivion is what I think of when I think of fantasy RPG. Because there's something about the jank of that game and how weird it looks and just how it plays and all of the leveling systems and just the running around the open world and the, the armor sets and weapons and everything. It it screams that early 2000s PC fantasy adventure. Yeah. And god dang it, is it not endearing as fuck. I love this game. Oblivion is... I've lost... I've, I think I have more... No, it's a lie. I was going to say more hours than that than Skyrim, but I've beaten Oblivion more than I've beaten Skyrim. I think that's I've what I've started matters. a lot of Skyrim playthroughs, but... I have full stop gone through most of Oblivion's quests in like multiple sittings uh, because it's so good. I love, I love the idea. Cause like, that's what I love about like Oblivion and Skyrim. Like they're what they have. Like Skyrim's got dragons. Oblivion has hell. Yeah. Demons. So it's like, Oh, you, and I, I there's something so metal about, I'm going to take the fight to the demons home world. <laughs> and it's just so interesting. And I love the art design and it looks like ass nowadays. I'm going to be, completely up front it is ass to look at the character models the environments but you know what for 2004 or 5 early 2000s solid at the time and Patrick Stewart as the king yeah it's a great opening and I didn't realize at the time they've done that a lot Liam Neeson was your dad in Fallout 3 so they've they've done that multiple times that is true but yeah Oblivion's great and I, I, I love getting lost in that world Fuck yeah. One of my favorite moments to this day is I found the unicorn, and because mm. I was a fucking stupid kid, I attacked it, and it murked me. <laughs> I got I got killed, because everything in the forest was like, no, 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 you killed the unicorn, bitch. Damn. And I was like, oh, fuck. <laughs> Hit that trackpad real quick. I'm getting nervous. Yeah, my bad. All right, we're good. Next up, I mentioned it in the first episode, but I finally added it to the list. By the way, I have no overlap with the last one, I think. Um, Ace Attorney Trials and Tribulations the uh, the end of the trilogy um, when when I've played the first Ace Attorney game I was like okay this is this is really good there's a lot of characters here and I hope that they like ramp it up and in the second game it feels like they a lot of these games are like asset flipping like, yeah they reuse a lot of the same characters and everything but they um they do it in a way where it's like you don't really care because the story is just so incredible and it keeps ramping up and up and up and up and up. And um, and the second one, you know, it ends with uh, Maya being in like a hostage situation and she's like 
being held captive while Nick is in court. And it's like, if Nick gets a guilty verdict, she dies. Yeah. So it's like, she's like sending all these coded messages to uh, Phoenix. And she's like, don't save me. Get the, get the conviction or whatever. And um, there's two endings to that game. Actually one Maya fucking dies. And uh, Phoenix just quits being an attorney. And um, the other one is like you go through some Phoenix Wright bullshit mm. and you get your verdict and the girl. <laughs> there you go. And uh, in the third one, there's a lot of stuff with uh, Maya and her family. They're like mystic psychics kind of thing. And um, it turns out that their past is kind of intrinsically tied to Phoenix's. And it's kind of just like everything comes to a point. Mm-hmm. Right in this perfect little game, there's flashback scenes to before even the first game that tie in, and it it was just an incredible experience. I really wish everyone would play the Phoenix Wright games if you're into uh, visual novels at all because they're great. I want to try them. I really do, but I just it's the visual novel aspect for me. Yeah, but number six, Pokemon Platinum. Nice. This is my favorite Pokemon game because I've lost so many hours into it. There's so much content. Giratina as a legendary is like, you didn't have to put a jump scare in a Pokemon game, but they did. Where he's coming out the fucking thing and he launches at the screen and then you're all like laying there. Cyrus is gone. There's a portal and you're like, we got to go. And I'm like, what the fuck? Mm-hmm. Stellar. Because the thing about that is they made Diamond and Pearl, which are pretty mid games, actually really good. So Pokemon Platinum is great. It's, in my opinion, it's everything. When I think of Pokemon, I think of Platinum. That game I lost countless hours in. I had multiple teams of just... That was the first time I actually was, like, trying to train a team that was, like, competitively viable, even though I didn't have Wi-Fi to fucking play online. Yeah. But, like, man, dude, I had so many event Pokemon in that game. Like, I had Darkrai. Mm -hmm. I got... Legally, got Darkrai, and I was like, "Fuck yeah!" And I, I love that game to death. I've replayed that. I replay that game constantly. Not even just to beat it, just to play it, just to be in that world of Platinum again. Yeah, it is my favorite Pokemon game, and I think I think is leagues above everything else they've done. And it helps that Masuda has said that is his like favorite one. He said, like, that was his, like, baby. He When they made that, that was the one he was the most proud of. Nice. And you know what? It I can tell. It's a fucking phenomenal game. I didn't know that. Uh, next up, another dark game. Mm. Bloodborne. Fuck yeah. I had never played a Souls. I didn't really know what they were about besides they hard. Um... And that was one of the first games that I got after The Last of Us for the PS4. And the, again, aesthetics are very important to me. <laughs> um, the aesthetics of that game are stellar. Absolutely. It drips style in every little corner. And blood everywhere. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> everywhere you look, I'm like, it. it's like, it's, it's gothic horror, but like gross. Yeah. It's... Uh, it's it's really unique even in that little genre of its own but like every outfit in that game i think looks incredible the the story of it is very dark and very good the gameplay i uh 
immediately, even as like a teenager, I was like, this feels like old school gaming with like checkpoints and okay, if you die, that's it, you're fucked. Um, like it, it, it was just really refreshing at that time because I had been playing a lot of like what was modern at the time, and it was it was a lot of it was very handholdy. But uh, this game really like opened my eyes to what that whole series was about. And um, I still think it's one of the best games ever made. And uh, obviously, that was one little signpost on the road to where we are now with Elden Ring. Um, so yeah, it's it's just fucking incredible. I really recommend anybody play that one. Uh, you'll have to get a PlayStation for it, because not on PC, but worth it. Speaking of, my number five is Elden Ring. Nice. I'm not even as far as you are, but every time I play the game, it's that same feeling I got with God of War. I cannot stop thinking about it. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking about builds. I'm thinking about bosses. I'm thinking about exploring. I'm like, fuck, I want to go fight that dragon that's over there because I think I can beat it now. It's constant. Like, I want to explore, explore, go, go, go. I don't explore in open world games, like I mentioned earlier, but like, I want to go off the beaten path and find shit. Because, like, I just know there's some cool shit running around. And I'm like, I want it. I think this is so cool. It's one of the... It's just every single... Like, it it enveloped my life. Yeah. To the point where, like, I couldn't think of anything else. I dropped a Final Fantasy game for this game. And we talked about it for, like, three episodes straight. (laughs) I mean, you all are probably sick and tired of fucking hearing it. But, like, yeah, like, it, it is one of my favorite games of all time. Because every time I pick it up and play it, I'm lost again in this just... Ah, it's so good every single time I play it. I I don't, like, every time I'm playing it, not once do I regret turning it on. I'm never sitting there just going, yeah, well, whatever, you know, it's, I'm just gonna do this thing to get to this, and then I'll I'll go back to the main, no, fuck it, I'm exploring, I'm going around, I'm doing everything. Mm -hmm. I want to get new weapons, new armor, I want to see the cool builds I can do, I want to do all sorts of shit. I want to get to New Game Plus. Yep. I don't. I never give a shit about New Game Plus. I want. There's a need in my heart to play through New Game Plus. I'm feeling it very heavily too. Even if it's only to beat to bitch slap market with like an excellent build that I have. That's it. Like, I, I'm like I'm still thinking about this game. Even playing Tiny Tina, I'm just like, I could play some Elden Ring tonight. <laughs> so yeah, this game has enveloped my life. So I, I mean, same. <laughs> Yeah, so it's number five. All right. Next up, very weird one. No one will know what I'm talking about here. All right. But Nicktoons Battle for Volcano Island. <laughs> what the fuck? Um, hear me out. No. I... <laughs> so my next game. <laughs> so it was a... I know it came out on like everything at the time. What but... a great mic drop. And I'm not going to explain myself. <laughs> Move on. And that's it. <laughs> <laughs> but uh it, most of those Nick games, like I remember playing like a lot of the Nick Tunes or like Jimmy Neutron games like on like, GameCube, seeing them on PS2. In that GameCube era, they were all like really solid, especially like the SpongeBob games. Oh dude. Battle for Bikini Bottom and the SpongeBob SquarePants movie game. Mm-hmm. Stellar. I was debating on putting the movie game on here in place of this, but then I thought about, you know, all these other factors. But it's basically a um a crossover story game with all of the most popular Nickelodeon franchises at the time, excluding Avatar for some reason. Um, well, it actually might not have started yet. I don't know. But uh, it was basically like a uh, 
a platformer, a 3D platformer, with actual story and voice acting, with characters interacting from different worlds, and uh, it had four-player couch co-op, which was incredible for me at the time. Every time I had like a birthday party or people over, that was the game that I brought out, and uh, it was just so fun. Like everyone picking, like, oh, I want to be Patrick Star. Let me be Danny Phantom, and all this shit. It was. You could always tell who the edgy boy was because they would always pick Danny Phantom. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, it's it's just an incredible game, and I. I know they'll never do it, but I would love to see a remaster of that. We got a remaster for Battle for Bikini Bottom, so who knows? That's what gives me hope. THQ, you got it. Hell yeah. Up next is Final Fantasy 4. Or Final Fantasy 2, for you people played on the old school SNES <laughs> or NES or whatever. Um, this was my first like official Final Fantasy. This is because I had a PSP. Um, I have it sitting on my... On my uh, thing over here the nightstand mm-hmm. final fantasy 4 the complete collection so it's final fantasy 4 uh interlude and after years and i played through all of them and interlude is pretty good Four after years is all right but four itself is just stellar playing through that game like all the characters Ce- i love cecil as a protagonist I'm still one of the most hype moments, even though it's in a fucking pixel, seeing him go from Dark Knight to Paladin mm-hmm. was fucking awesome. Uh, getting like, all the characters you meet through the game and like Kane as like his kind of anti-hero villain to hero to all this stuff. The final battle, you know, it's, I love it, dude. Golvez like the villain I, I love the game it's it and it, it's classic final fantasy man yeah it's that it's that like the airships and the castles and uh, the monk all of it dude it's so good and i love i love it so much i want to replay it sometime soon i might get the because apparently i think the pixel remaster for four is out i might buy that apparently they're very good yeah so i might i might buy that just on my phone although i think I think right now iOS only has the 3D remake, which is the DS version, so I don't want to play that one. I think you can get it on your computer, too. Maybe. I'll see. I mean, it, it, I can run it for sure. Yeah. So, but yeah, that's my number four. All right. Next up, we got a game that I already talked about today. All right. Crypt of the Necrodancer. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> I said everything that I needed to say earlier, but I'll restate it a bit here. It good. It good. Uh dungeon crawly to the beat make my feet go tap 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 <laughs> moving on <laughs> there you go number three for me is Devil May Cry 5 I man I lost my shit when this game was announced I think we were texting each other during that E3 mm-hmm. and cause you went you went oh DMC2 and then like I was like okay cool and then I just go yo wait what no it's 5 this new and I'm like wait what and I, I immediately jumped to like the stream and I see Nero rev the sword. I audibly screamed at Moe's in the back that they're like, are you good? I'm like, yeah, just leave, leave me alone. <laughs> I, I love this game. I've, I've beaten, I haven't done it on the special edition yet, but I base game. I beat every difficulty option. I didn't all S rank all of them. Fuck that. But I beat them all. 
and I got as far as I could. I beat Bloody Palace of Nero and V, but fucking Dante is hard to get a hold of. Yeah, but, I'm not very good with Dante. <laughs> but god dang it, that game is good. And also, the RE engine continues to fucking slap. I think that's one of the best looking games in the engine. Mm-hmm. And the fact that, because like, I, I think... I think Resident Evil looks better because it's slower. Mm-hmm. The fact they're able to make all this shit look so good, so fast paced, is what makes it is what makes it look better to me. Yeah, I hope it's less time between games now. Maybe not, because I think he's working on Dragon's Dogma. But hey, big open world fantasy adventure in RE Engine, maybe that would be dope. But yeah, that's that's my number three. It's a stellar action game, and you should all play it. Next up, I got a. Also a Capcom game, Resident Evil 4. Yeah, baby. Uh, I don't think anybody is surprised here. But, um, like, I, I've i talked about it at length. Me and my family all love Resident Evil. My parents have been playing it since before I was born. And uh, 4 was the first one that I really, like, got interested in. <laughs> seeing my dad play it, I was like, oh, what is this? This looks different from that other one that you played. So, um, I... I dug in when I was a kid on the GameCube and uh, it scared the fucking shit out of me <laughs> because I was a child and yeah. I had never played a horror game before. And when you're a kid, GameCube graphics look fucking real as shit. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, the shit's coming out of the TV. But, um... Fucking throw your controller at the TV. <laughs> <laughs> it, like, it really inspired a lifelong love for Resident Evil. And I, I still go back to 4 all the time. And the way I play that game is I play New Game Plus, New Game Plus, and then like I have to unlock everything to complete a run, pretty much. Um, it's just so good and replayable. It's another Desert Island game for me. It is for sure a classic to me. Hell yeah. And ironically, I still haven't played it, and I can still say that it's a classic. It's one of those games where by osmosis I hear so much about and hear just how great it is that it's just now grafted that like it's one of the greats. Yeah, it's it's one of those games that survives on reputation. But uh hey, they can keep porting it and I'll keep buying it, so number two. Crisis Core Final Fantasy VII. I knew it was coming. Yeah, I've said it before on multiple podcasts, Zach is one of my favorite protagonists in any video game because he's the most normal of that fucking game. Yeah. He is literally the player when he goes, what is going on? I'm like, yeah, no, for real. What the fuck's <laughs> happening? But just his story alone is so good. How it ties in with Seven as a whole, how it ties in with Cloud and Aerith and just the ending. Yeah. Like, I, I, the game itself is whatever. Like, it's a weird slot machine level up system that's fucking weird you got all this extra shit and like it, it whatever it was square being weird at the time but the story was great even the Angeal and Sephiroth Genesis shit where I'm like this is all goofy weird Kingdom Hearts-esque bullshit but man when Angeal dies yeah man when Sephiroth goes insane even when the final fight with Genesis I'm like I kind of felt things bro and then the end that was the first game that I had played where I fully was like, oh shit, wait, we can die at the end? Because yep. I hadn't played 7 at the time. So I didn't know Zach. I didn't know Seven's story. I didn't know the twist. I didn't know any of that. So I'm like, oh fuck, I didn't think he'd die. I was fully ready for him to go back to Aerith and be done. Yep. But no, he just fucking dies. 
It's so sad. Two things that I have to say about this. I uh, I recently saw a TikTok that uh, was just an account that puts that Spider-Man song and everything. The one from the fucking Tobey Maguire one by uh, Nickelback or whatever. It's like, hero. I need a hero to save me. But uh, someone put that over the the cutscene where Zack goes to fight the uh, the Shinra soldiers, and I was just uh, sitting there crying at my phone uh, <laughs> over a fucking PSP game with a Spider Man song over it. I love those because a lot of it was like these super heroic stuff, but that one would have hit me, bro. Yeah, that and then um, that. Oh yeah, uh, Zack was in Birth by Sleep. And that is one plot thread that they never tied up in Kingdom nope. Hearts. So fuck you, Nomura. <laughs> yeah, that's that is one of my favorite games. Hell yeah. My uh, my last one here is another RPG. All right. Uh, Persona Four Golden. Hell yeah, it is. I uh, I think I've talked about it on the podcast before, but when I when I first got that game, I was working at a hospital. And it was just all like night shifts. I was only sleeping during the day. And when I was awake, I was in this fucking windowless building with just these UV lights. And it was very depressing. And then I, uh, I got a part-time job at GameStop and was looking at the games one day and just saw Persona 4 Golden sitting there. And I was like, well, it's a, it's an RPG. And, uh, back when I was a kid, when I was alone and (laughs) depressed, I would pick up a long RPG and play it a lot, and this is really the last time that that really happened. Um, So I picked it up, I took it home, and it was like the perfect game for the situation that I was in because I wasn't really talking to anyone. I didn't have any friends at the time. I just felt very alone, and entering this world where the character was kind of going through the same kind of situation and then seeing him meet all these friends and making the decisions for him of... Okay, he he likes this person. He wants to hang out with them more. You can actually hang out with these characters outside of combat and stuff. And it really just left like a very important impression on me. And um I don't think any of the other Persona games will ever be quite as good to me just because of that like emotional attachment I have. I think it helps too cuz you're in like this windowless building, all this dark shit and then the game is all yellows and blues and it's like, "Oh, this is so happy." Yeah, it uh despite being about a murder mystery. Yeah. It's a weird dichotomy <laughs> that weirdly works very well. Who'd you romance? Uh Chie. Hell yeah, bro. I love Chie. Fuck yeah. It's the first girl I romanced in that game and I was like, "Hell yeah. Punch girl, gimme." Hell yeah. Um I have a Chie keychain on my uh my other backpack that's Sonic themed. Hell yeah. But, um, yeah, I, I adore that game. I adore Chie. And uh, my favorite song in Persona 4 Dancing was one of hers. Mm. And um, what else was I going to say? I don't know. Fuck it. Good game. Yeah, honestly. My number one. My favorite game of all time. Mm-hmm. Mass Effect 2. Yep. It is still to this day. When I did the replay of the Mass Effect trilogy when the Legendary Edition came out, by God, I love that game. Everything about it. Lair the, the DLCs are great. Lair of the Shadow Broker is fucking amazing. 
I and this was the one where I actually said, "Fuck it, I'm going to romance Liara through the whole series," mm-hmm. and I did. And Lair the Shadow Broker being a part of that was great. Two on its own though is such an interesting premise where you're rebuilt by a terrorist organization and told to save humanity. And I'm just like, okay, cool. And then you go and it's this uncovering the mystery behind it. The Reapers are there, all this cool shit. And then just like getting to know your squad, getting to know all of them, and saying, "Hey, we're going to go on this suicide mission." I need you already. And the ending, like the fact that it, 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 it can be a suicide mission. If you're not careful, mm-hmm. if you skip loyalty missions, if you don't put the right person on the right job, people will die. Like there is a very good chance that you will lose people in the final stretch. And like, that was so cool. And then like just the heroic ending. Cause I was, I was lucky enough to not lose a single person. And then I'm like, oh, fuck yeah. And so I'm like going through, I win, and then it's like on to three. Like, oh, it's so good, dude. Like, I love, I love it to death. Mass Effect 2 to this day is my favorite. And this, they also, this is where they streamlined Shepard, where, this, you know, you had multiple options, obviously dialogue, but you also got the interruptions. Mm-hmm. So if you see something flash on the screen and you see, oh, it's flashing red, this could be a renegade option. A lot of that time was just, I'm going to punch somebody or kill somebody or do some <laughs> dick ass shit. And then you got the Paragon one, which is usually like the justifiable, like, I'm going to talk down to you, mm-hmm. but I'm a better person than you <laughs> type shit. Oh, it's great. I love this game so much. And the romance, Tali is still my favorite romance option. Garrus is the best bro in the entire galaxy you'll ever have. Fuck Jacob. We all love our, our scientist Solarian and his fucking, he sings in this game, dude. There's a moment where you can ask him about a musical and he will full break out into song because he memorized it and I love Shepard's just like alright <laughs> just doesn't know how to react to to Solarian scientists singing about being a Solarian scientist he's just like okay you have fun doc <laughs> such yeah. a great game highly recommend anybody play Mass Effect that means you Joey he's gotta play Nier first no he's playing Tiny Tina's Wonderland so he's skipping <laughs> all of it <laughs> So, I know he's going to listen to this the day it comes out. Yeah, so Joey, uh, I know you're enjoying Tiny Tina's Wonderland. I am too. It's great. You have homework. <laughs> do that thing I told you to do and give me my copy of Nearback, motherfucker. <laughs> I spent $60 on a game for you. Why aren't you playing it? <laughs> he's going to be upset. He's going to not like we're going <laughs> to... going to get an angry text being, I'm going to do it. That's right. Trying. I love you, Joey. <laughs> Same. Oh, my gosh. Well, so much. <laughs> now he won't text us. No. you <laughs> couldn't see, but I, he says this so much. And I gave him this look of like, huh? You completely froze. Just a full like <laughs> second of silence. Oh, it was so good. <laughs> well, that was it. This is probably gonna be our one of our longer episodes. Two hours. Hell yeah. I hope gotta I hope do it big for Fitty. Gotta do it big for the Fitty. Uh <clears throat> I was gonna make a fitty cent joke, but I it died in my head. I couldn't figure it out. Um but yeah, it's episode fifty. We're not stopping yet. We still we still promised you know, Final Fantasy VII spoiler cast. We've promised other spoiler casts. We'll get to them someday. I lied. I quit. This is the last episode. All right. Bye, guys. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we, we've got 
we've got plans and we want to do we want to do video especially uh and we're getting there but right now obviously i'm moving out soon um we've got i was looking at the mixer oh we've got a just busy personal lives so i think thank you guys for sticking with us for as long as you are and um we appreciate all the love and support and we will we will make this podcast the best we can and we're going to keep going for 50 more for sure hell yeah you all deserve to get your pussies ate from the back <clears throat> i don't know why that reminded me somebody was like bro she sucked my dick from the back and somebody goes how what does that mean <laughs> what did they what did she do <laughs> The balls would get in the way. (laughs) All right, we're going to leave it at that. (laughs) (laughs) You have a good rest of your days, guys. And as always, take it sleazy.